All right, Justin. A through Z. We got to go with M. We got to go with the letter M today. Doing Super Mario Brothers movie. It's all about Mario today, so we got to go with the letter M. I really kind of luck out with that because my pre-planned topic actually goes very well with the letter M. Nice. So uh, today, Warner Brothers, Warner Brother Discovery, I should say, uh, announced that they are changing HBO Max to Max. They're just going to call it Max. Hmm. And they're going to add some Discovery Plus content onto it. Uh, so if you want Discovery Plus, you but don't want H, or don't want the HBO side, you just keep the Discovery app. And if you just want Discovery stuff with your HBO, you just get Max. And you can also just not watch any of the Discovery uh, stuff. Um, I bring all that up because whilst they announced that, they also announced as a new Max original. They are going to reboot the Harry Potter series and uh, make it a TV series. And every book is getting its own season. Wow. Okay. Okay. I haven't heard of somebody announcing anything that essentially was so unnecessary and uncalled for. I think ever. <laughs> I just don't think this is what anybody's going. Yeah, this is what we need is to right. reboot this franchise. That's what? 15 years old. Yeah. Like, or however fucking old it is. You know what I mean? Like it's just, nobody was asking for this, you know, because they're like, Oh, we want to do it for a new generation. You mean the ones that were already watching the movies? Right. <laughs> you just didn't have a yeah. new way to monetize it was the issue. Because the way they yeah. were doing it with the Fantastic Beast movies was failing horribly because those movies were bad. And mm-hmm. also, it's just also a weird time because everybody's, you know, kind of outgrowing Harry Potter. Like, yeah, that was what I was going to say. Like, as far as the more recent things coming to light with it. Well, there's that. And, you know, there's big backlash with the game. I mean, some people are loving it and some people are just saying that it's something you shouldn't buy or support or any of that stuff. Um, I mean, and it's it's the really funny thing is, like, with the game especially, they're like, hey, guys. We understand that people are mad at J.K. Rowling for being a turf. So we're, we don't worry, guys. We added a trans character to our game. Problem solved, guys. Oh, the, the anti-Semitic version of, of goblins and having, you know, that be an issue. Oh, don't worry. We made that the ultimate villain of the game. It's fine, guys. We're not transphobic anymore. We're just still mildly and mostly anti-Semitic. It's fine. Oh, boy. Wow. 
I mean, yeah. And, and, and like I said, they're just like, all right, guys, this is what will get people excited. We're going to, we're going to do this. Something that just no one wants or cares for or any of that shit. I mean, maybe in like four years when it actually happens, maybe people will care. But as of right now, it's just one of the most unnecessary announcements out there, especially when you're doing it to plug the fact that this isn't HBO, guys. This is Max. Mm. I mean, companies just don't get it sometimes. They just don't. But, and that's going to tie into something I, I have to talk about later. It'll be fun. <laughs> Sounds like it. But, yeah, that's the weird announcement when it comes to that stuff. Uh, oh, there was something else I wanted to bring up. Oh, so there was a slight update since the last time we talked about this and the whole Jonathan Majors thing. Uh, oh, okay. So his lawyer released some text messages between him and the victim. They're like, see, it's not a thing, guys. Didn't happen. I was like, you know what, guys, we need to wait for evidence and all this other stuff. After reading those text messages, I have never been more sure that he did it. Yeah, they were kind of damning, unfortunately. Yeah. Really? I haven't read any of them. Those Uh text messages were supposed to just prove that he was beyond innocent. Just scream. Domestic violence victim that's trying to get back on their abuser's good side. Like, if you've Mm. ever watched an episode of Law & Order SVU where they have a domestic violence victim that goes back to their abuser, they just stole that part of the script. I mean, yeah. You know how also in Law and Order, they're like anything in this episode that is like a real life event is just, you know, coincidental, even though they're like, it still might be like they lean into it might be based on a real event, but, you know, they have to say that it's not because then they can get sued and shit. Jonathan Major's lawyer ripped Law and Order off. Like he just stole from the, or she just stole from them. It did not make him look good at all. Yeah. Like I told him that this was crazy and it was my fault, stuff like that. Yeah. It was like, I told him it was my fault. Not, I told them you didn't choke me. No, no, no. It's, I told them it, it was my fault. And something about like taking his phone. I I can't remember all of it, but some just things like that. I was trying to take his phone or take your phone. And I told him that I was trying to do that and it wasn't your fault. I'm just like, you're saying something happened. You're just saying that they shouldn't blame him, which is still a very common thing with domestic uh, abuse victims. Mm. And yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's still one of those things that's, you know, technically, yeah, you wait and see if there's anything that comes to light or any of this other stuff. But, like, I read those and I'm like, this lawyer might not, you know, should do this ever. Like, and she's a very successful lawyer when it comes to stuff like this for celebrities. 
And yeah, just made him look guilty as fuck. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Man. I mean, I feel like that's as good as like the like the pictures that like Amber Heard took of just like, oh, look at all the drugs and whatever on the table, but not actual pictures of him do it. Like, I just feel like it was the equivalent of how like that proved the opposite of what you were trying to prove type of thing, you know? Yeah. No, I get it. It was just very weird. Like I, I'll, I'll find the link, Justin, and I'll send it to you after the episode. Yes, please do. Um, and, and, and it's some, it's crazy how things like that happen though. They'll go, Oh, we'll, we'll put this, we'll make this stuff public and it'll exonerate this person. And then he, and, and then it just does the opposite. It completely backfires. And it sounds like this is another classic example of that. Yeah. Yeah. And in, uh, weirdly enough, this incident brought something else, uh, like uh, brought something else up uh, that I just recently found out. And they were talking about, it was some people talking about the whole issue with Jonathan Majors. And it's like, well, what should Marvel do now at this point? And then they brought up, it's like, well, it's very hard for it not to become a race issue at this point because they've pinned this whole, you know, next two phases being on him being the main bad guy. Kind of like what they had done with Thanos in the first three phases. And they kind of ignored the fact that apparently Josh Brolin had a similar incident too. And they kind of ignored that. Hmm. I mean, his was from 2004. But they ignored it with him. So should they ignore that with Jonathan Majors? Or are they willing to let Jonathan Majors go? You know, is it going to be that type of issue? And uh, and I didn't know that about Josh Berlin. And I went and looked into it. Uh, Yeah, it was a few months after he got married to Diane Lane. She called the cops on him for spousal abuse. And similar type of thing. I did not know that. Similar type of thing happened. You know, charges got dropped because Diane Lane was like, it was just a misunderstanding, blah, blah, blah. You know, and they had, you know, they have since they have divorced and that's pretty much all we know at this point. You know, even what, 18, 19 years later, that's all we know still. You know, but... Yeah, I didn't even know that. So, I get that, yeah. That definitely kind of makes it to where if Marvel does something now, is it a double standard? Or, I mean, I think the, always the safe route to go with it is if you do do something, it can be like, well, you know, the times have changed. You know, we take this stuff more seriously, unfortunately, than we used to. But... If anybody's going to corporate jargon their way out of it, though, it's Disney. I mean, yeah, with what they did much. to Ron DeSantis, they can corporate jargon their way out of fucking anything. Yeah. 
So you missed last week, Justin, whenever I talked about how we need you on the podcast, especially because visually my face has just been extra washed out and shiny and extra baggy under my eyes lately. And whenever you're not here or if it's just two of us, I'm bigger on the screen. So it's more noticeable. <laughs> so it's always better when there's three of us because I'm smaller in that. But uh, no, I actually just today I ordered some uh, translucent powder. Some uh, mm. some foundation. Essentially, I'm going to start wearing makeup when we record to make myself less shiny. Okay. We're going to get all, right. all behind the scenes now. Got some matte translucent <laughs> powder to de-shinify myself. Nice. So hopefully next week I will be less shiny for everybody. <laughs> yeah. I hope it works, man. Me too. I'm tired of being shiny. Trying I'm tired of looking like a rare Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You guys got anything else you want to talk about before we start this? I don't think so. I'm good. Let's start the episode. Somebody will listen to me. Nobody knows anything but you. Cinema Slayers. Hey, Cinema fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I am joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight we are going to talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with the Super Mario Brothers movie. We will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores. And then into a more spoiler-centric section to, uh, with time codes in the description to allow you to jump around if you so require. I almost made it through it without fucking it up. And I fucked up right at the end. Almost. At this point, like I said, you would really think I'd, be, I'd have that down. I do that every episode. The only thing that changes is the name of the movie. So, anyway... But yes, there will be time codes in the description to allow you to jump around in the YouTube or audio formats as you so require. And with all that, Justin, since you've been gone and <laughs> you're wearing that dumb fucking hat. Come on, it's Super Mario's hat. I don't give a shit. For those not watching on YouTube, uh, yes, Justin has a Mario hat on. Yes, both both of these people, Heather and <laughs> Justin, are wearing Mario garb. Yeah, we're representing the Mario. We had to represent. Did you have to? Yes. yes. <laughs> the fact that both of you said yes is utterly disturbing. We coordinated this beforehand, you know? That's what it happened. Utterly. The Mario, the Mario fandom in us just naturally <laughs> coordinated. We were like, how do we best that. represent Mario? I've got a Mario fucking tattoo. 
and I'm still not doing this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Anyway, Justin, what are your spoiler-free thoughts about this here Super Mario Brothers movie? Well, needless to say, as you can see from the, if you're watching this video on YouTube, you can see this big, ridiculous Super Mario hat that was given to me as a birthday present like five or six years ago. And I was, and I always thought whenever I got this gift, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. You know, I'm a huge fan of Super Mario Brothers, Nintendo, um, a lot of the Nintendo franchises and all that kind of stuff. Uh, big gamer. Um, so th- th- this has been a big part of my life. So when I got this gift, I was like, man, it's kind of cool. I got a Mario hat, but when am I ever going to wear this? Like <laughs> where will there ever be a time for me to wear this cap? Like, cause I just couldn't see it. I was like, well, I mean, maybe if there, maybe if I decided to do a Mario cosplay or something, but I couldn't see myself doing that. And I was like, you know what? I don't know. I I mean, it's kind of cool that I got it for a gift, but I don't know when I'm ever going to wear this hat. And that day has come. That day has finally come. I finally get to wear this hat. It seemed like the, the, the the right hat for the occasion. Um, Um, Justin, quick question. Yeah. (laughs) Is this really the day? I think so. I think so. I think so. You could see Jason's hesitation when when Sterling asks like question. He's like, "Oh goodness, what is this going to be?" <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted clarification. That's all. No, this is this is definitely the day. This is definitely the day. Um, and it's pro- and I honestly, when I went going into the movie, I was like, okay, if. I hate this movie, <laughs> then I'm not going to wear the cap. But you know what? If, 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 if I left the theater with a smile on my face, if I had some fun, if I felt like the movie captured the essence of what Mario is, what it's like to play Mario, why Mario is special to so many generations at this point of people, of gamers and stuff like that who know the character and just kind of are familiar, grew up with the character or little kids and know him now, then you know what? I'll wear the hat. I'll wear the hat. I'll throw the shirt on and I'll do the podcast. So this is also a reflection of how much I enjoyed the movie because I did enjoy this movie. I I thought that the movie is, is good. I enjoyed the movie. Is it great? No, there are definitely some flaws with the film. Um, I have some things that I thought maybe I wish they had dived a little more deeper into, or maybe at least try to show to even more capture the essence of Mario brothers and, and, um, what it is that there were some things that I thought they didn't do much of, and I wish they had done more of it. And then there were some things where it was like, okay, um, that was cool and all, but I wish they had spent more time with this element you know, when it comes to Mario brothers and everything, but overall, man, this is the one thing that I always say about movie to, or video game to movie adaptations. If you are going to make changes or 
sort of kind of change the lore of what it is. At the very least, capture the essence of the game. Capture the essence of what it is. At least get the characters right. At least do a good job of helping someone to understand, okay, why do people like this so much? And if you're not going to do that, if you can't do that, if, 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 if for some reason you, you can't make these changes or you can't like sort of make it more, I guess, movie friendly or anything like that, at the very least, give me the game. Just give me the game. Sometimes we've gotten on here before and done reviews for like things like Mortal Kombat and stuff like that where they tried to change so many things about what makes the game special. Let's add this character that out of nowhere that nobody cares about and make him the main character. Let's do all these different things, you know? So it was very refreshing to me that I went to the theater to watch Super Mario Brothers and essentially I got the game or games in this instance. That's essentially what I got. The story is pretty much the story of the games. It's pretty much there in in one way, shape, or form. Every story element that I saw was a story element that I've seen in the video games. So that was cool. I thought that that was a, a nice touch. Um, For all the flack that and the controversy that was surrounding the voice acting going into this movie... Honestly, I thought everybody did a great job. I liked the voices in this. I thought that everybody um, showed up for this and, and did a good job with the voices. There were definitely some standouts. Jack Black as Bowser, I thought. I thought he did a great job. I thought that he was a standout. Um, but for all the flag people were getting about the Mario and Luigi voices, I thought that the movie did a good job of establishing uh, of paying homage to what Mario sounds like in the games, but then understanding that there's no way we could sit through an hour and a half movie and Mario sound like, Oh, here we go in the whole entire movie. I'm so glad that they didn't do that, but they found a way to sort of, pay homage to that and have it in this movie. But I thought that the decision that they made with that was a good one. Um, Other than that, I think that, I, and all I'll say is I don't want to talk too long in the non-spoiler section, but all I'll say is that I walked in and essentially I got nothing but reminders of why I love this franchise, why I love these games, why I for like 20 plus years now played Mario games and continue to play the games and continue to enjoy them. Mario games. I'll just say this have never really been about the story. The story has always been simple. You're thrusted into a mushroom kingdom and this is, these are your good guys, Mario, Luigi Bowser's doing some stuff. Okay. You're in the Mushroom Kingdom. Let's run and jump and have an adventure. And I appreciate that the movie unapologetically was Mario. I think I can say that. It was more, and, and when you play the Mario games, when you play those video games, it's about how it looks visually. 
It's about how fun it is, how engaging it is, and how much fun you have in this topsy-turvy mushroom kingdom world, or whether you're racing cards or you're doing Mario tennis, whatever the object is, Mario games are fun. So I think that the number one challenge of this movie would be, was it any fun? Was it, was it any good? Was it good to look at? Was it visually engaging? What did, did I have a good time watching this? Did it capture the essence of what it's like to, of what not only what the Mario games are, but also what it's like to play these games. And I saw a lot of that in there. Um, and then on top of that, uh, the, there were just all these fun little Easter eggs. I had so much fun recognizing music from the games, picking out different references and seeing different things and going, oh, that's from this. Oh, that's from that. Oh, that's from Super Nintendo. Oh, that's from, it was a lot of fun watching this movie. Just literally the just catching every reference and Easter egg that they were putting in there. And it really felt like a love letter to Mario and the games. So I really had fun with this. I thought that it was a fun, engaging movie. Um, now, all that being said, it's a kid's movie. The 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 story, I think, the storyline, I guess I could say, is probably the weakest thing about the film. And not in a sense that everything that was happening was bad or anything like that, but it is paper thin. I think that that's the best way that I can put it. They don't develop or spend a lot of time. They kind of establish the thing. They say, okay, this is what this thing is. This is the idea. All right, let's move to something else. So the film moves at at a very breezy pace, which I think for Mario, it almost has to be, you know, trying to bog down and really discover and figure out what the mushroom kingdom is or why is the, the princess toadstool a princess over all of these toad people or whatever, like trying to really like dissect Mario and delve into the intricate characters of Mario, I think would have been a huge mistake for this. So I'm glad that they were just kind of threw you in there. They said, most of you have grown up with this. You know who these people are. You know who these characters are. Let's just visit with them for a, for an hour and a half and have some fun. And let's just and let's just remind ourselves of what you loved about the games and let's remind your kids about what they love about the the games. And I think the movie did that. And I think whenever it was doing that, when it was focused on that, it was very effective and it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I blinked, the movie was over, no harm done. Is it the greatest movie? Of course not. But I think it sets a good, a continuing precedent for the potential of these video game movies and what they can be. And I think we're going to see more of them, especially given how uh, successful this was. Heather, what about you? Yeah, so I obviously also uh, grew up with Mario and friends. Um, My brother and I played the games a lot when I was younger. So yeah, I, I mean... Yeah, I just, Mario is very, uh, 
very much part of my childhood and growing up. But um, yeah, I, I, I was uh, fairly excited to see what they did with this movie. And um, I, I think that Jess, and I think you make a fair point about the actual storyline of this movie is pretty weak. Um, I think they touch on some things that, and I'm not saying they necessarily needed to do like a deep dive into um, a full like, you know, yeah, dissecting Mario and the characters and all that. But with some elements they brought in, I think they probably could have stretched it a little bit more with those elements. Um, I also, um, I will say that one of my favorite things about the movie was their use of the music in it. I think that was excellent. I love how they kind of, um, you know, interspersed different Mario music throughout. And then just the actual songs too were really great. So I, I really did love that. And it kind of brought the the feel of Mario to the movie a little bit more. Um, but I also think that in an odd way, as much as this is called the Super Mario Brothers, um, I, I don't really feel like it's necessarily about the Mario Brothers as much as <laughs> as I expected it would be based on it. You know, Mario and Luigi are Mario and Luigi. You know, you expect it's going to be a lot more centered around them. And I don't really feel like it did that necessarily. Um, so, yeah, that that was just an interesting throw off. But... That being said, I mean, I think that Bowser was a really good character. And um, I mean, I think Princess Peach was great. Like, I I really liked her character a lot. Um, So even though the focus wasn't as on the Mario Brothers as I expected it would be, at least they had at least a few characters that brought something to it to still so some people to still root for in it if you will so it it was um it was fine for me though I think just overall um and the animation was good but I overall it was just a very I think because the story was so basic and it was just very um run-of-the-mill in that way for just animated movies in general because we know that I'm not the biggest animated movie person. <laughs> um, more, I had been more because of great other animated films we'd been getting in the past few years, but this is not really the movie that made me say, yes, my love for animated films is continuing <laughs> or something like that. Um, it doesn't stand out as a, like a, this is the best animated film I've ever seen or anything like that. Um, it was fine for what it was, but it definitely is geared more towards kids than it is for the people who grew up on Mario, which is interesting. Um, so, I mean, and I'm sure, yeah, obviously kids now are still playing Mario and all those things, but I think I just expected a little bit more from it because I felt like the audience that would be our age would um, would have wanted that. <laughs> I wanted that. But it was fine for what it was. I, I'm not going to say it was an excellent, great, great film, but I didn't hate it. Um, there were parts that were fun to watch. Um, certain scenes that I really thought were done pretty well. But overall, yeah, it was just an okay movie for me. So this movie. 
is uh, has, for lack of a better word, just been a, a record-breaking movie. It has the highest gross, I think, over five days of an animated movie ever. It beat Frozen 2 by, I think, by like $9 million worldwide. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Wow. Yes. I knew it had a good opening weekend, but I didn't realize it was breaking records. That's great. For animated movies, yes. It has also, uh, it now holds the record for an opening Easter weekend. I think it also holds the record for being the longest 90-minute movie that has ever existed. Because it is. Yes. This is a grueling 90 minutes. Grueling. And I think that that's because this is not a family movie. This is a kid's movie. There's a difference. And I wish it was a family movie because it would have been better. This comes out the same year, well, same year-ish as something like Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. And that's actually a good movie. That's actually a family movie. It's a movie that's so universal with how it approaches things that it can be for children and adults simultaneously. This movie's for kids. It's structured like a kid movie. It has the pacing of a kid movie. It's got the storyline of a kid movie. And then also nostalgic, happy millennials. Outside of that, I don't know who the fuck this movie's for. I don't, I don't feel like this is for people that are old, like that much older than us. The first people playing Mario. I don't think this movie's for them. Because they aren't as nostalgic as millennials are. You throw some nostalgia at some millennials, man, ooh, they eat it up. And I say that as one. I'm also the least nostalgic millennial I think that has ever existed. My craving for anything of yesteryear and of my childhood or anything like that grows less and less every day. I so much so that I've got some Jurassic Park pajama pants. Jurassic Park. I'm almost feeling like that's a little bit too old. Uh oh. Like that movie's 30 years old at this point. I I don't see the point almost anymore. It's getting there. I've already kind of gave up on the Ghostbusters. I've already you know, given up on Harry Potter. I've given up on all these things that people are typically nostalgic about. And this movie kind of proved why to me. Because this movie to me is just 90 minutes of a bunch. Hold on. Let me rephrase that. Let me, let me start this thought over again. I feel like this movie for 90 minutes was Nintendo and I want to say Illumination is the animation company. They went, hey guys, let's just put as much random fucking Mario shit as we can 
into 90 minutes. Let's not really think of a rhyme or reason why. Let's just put it all in there. You want a, you want a little bit of a nod to Smash Brothers? We're going to put it in there. You want a little fucking nod to um, Donkey Kong? We're going to put it in there. You want Mario Kart, which should have nothing to do with a fucking Mario movie? Fuck it. Let's throw it the fuck in there, too, for whatever reason. Let's just throw whatever power-ups we want in here. Let's not, like, have any consistency with that. And that weirdly just bothered me in this because it was just like they went, hey, how many power-ups can we put in this movie? Who gives a fuck if they really make sense or if they're even the best power-ups we've had in Mario games or whatever? Let's just throw as many as possible into this. Let's throw some Paper Mario in there while we're at it. And let's also give it to pretty much the exact same plot structure and finale as Sonic 2 while we're at it. Let's not even get anything new in that. Let's just copy Sonic 2's ending because fuck it. That movie already came out. And then they went stamp. Here you go. And people are eating it up. And I get it. There's Mario songs, there's Mario, there's Mario characters. And it doesn't need to be a deep movie because it's Mario. Mario's plot isn't really told like it's an intricate fucking lore. There's a mild lore to Mario. But like Mario games aren't Zelda games. They're not fucking Final Fantasy. They're not these big lore-heavy type of things to it. It's, hey, he's an Italian plumber. Hey, she's a princess. Hey, this dragon guy's actually a turtle. Let's go. No pun intended when I said that with the whole let's go. But... That's all this movie felt like to me. I just didn't feel like they actually tried. I feel like they went into this going, this is a cash grab. And because it is mildly more Mario thematically than the 1993 live action movie, people, older people, like I said, mainly millennials, us went, hey guys, I love this. Because it was just Mario shit. There's just some Mario shit happening. And that's all this movie is just some Mario shit happening. But in no way did I feel like it, it changed anything by changing medias. I feel to some degree, if you're going to change mediums, video game to movie, you can't always go like a strict one for one copy. Like, cause then it's like, what's the point? Like, it's just one for one, the thing. So you have to change some stuff up to like justify why it's a movie and not a game. And I don't really feel like this movie did that in any way, shape or form. And like, you know, like you, you, you said the plot is paper thin I agree with that. I just also think the the purpose of it was too. 
And by paper thin, I mean about as thick as a dollar bill. And stacks of them. That's all this is. This is a cash grab movie. And because like I said, it is structured like every kid movie out there. I'm not talking about family movies. Those are different. When you look at Pixar and you look at the How to Train Your Dragon movies, you look at, like I said, the, the Puss in Boots movies. Those are family movies. I'd even argue that Disney, their animated movies that they've been doing are better at being family movies than this. And I just find it really kind of hard to to accept a movie like this as big as it is when it goes the route it did. And it felt lazy in the end. I will say this. Visually, I thought it was fantastic. It's a beautiful looking movie. You know, especially... Especially given the way, the, to what Nintendo typically does. Nintendo typically tends to go light on visuals to emphasize gameplay and emphasize story in some of their games. It depends on the game. But they care more about the gameplay and that experience than necessarily it being the most realistic and polished looking game ever. That's fine. It's, it's served them well. I mean, the Switch, the Wii, all those... Like those being the more slightly more modern consoles, I should say the Wii's very old at this point. Um, I mean, everybody had one. They sold like Game Busters. I mean, those are two of the most important systems out there, you can argue now, because that's what everybody wants. And graphically speaking, they don't hold up much to the counterparts they have from Sony and Microsoft. And Nintendo just constantly proves they don't need to be. And I think it's kind of funny that they do all that and then they have a beautiful looking movie. And I feel like that that's where all the detail went. I'm going to end this with something from TikTok. There was a, a female creator on TikTok talking about the differences in this movie when it comes to like the critic score and the audience score being vastly different. And this person really called out the critics saying that they're kind of out of touch. You got to look at who the audience is. And that's why critics were so far off from everything else. And with that, she specifically brought up a review that called out uh, it, it made some weird references to like some old vaudevillian shit, like an old fucking vaudeville actor and some like really old shit, like early 1900 shit. It was like, see, in their review, they're even just talking about old shit. And when I first heard all this, I hadn't seen the movie yet. And I was like, you know, that's a fair... Assumption in a lot of regards. I think we've made the argument here sometimes when we've talked about the difference between audience and critics and all these other things, how sometimes, yeah, critics are out of touch with things. We've talked about that before. And yeah, using a vaudeville reference seems like it would be completely apt 
talking about a video game movie in 2023. Until I saw the movie. And then I, to me, I realized that that reference to vaudeville when it comes to this movie was insanely spot, like spot on because in this movie, to me, that's all Bowser was. Bowser was like a mustache twirling vaudevillian villain. He was the traditional bad guy from a vaudeville play or a vaudeville Mm -hmm. story. The whole, oh, the woman doesn't love me. She loves this guy. Oh, yeah, so I'm going to put somebody on railroad tracks. That's essentially what happens in this movie without really, like, getting into spoilers. I mean, and I was like, I actually kind of get it. Because that's just kind of the weird, ancient way they wanted to portray that character. And this might be the most Mm -hmm. controversial thing I say about this movie. I didn't really like the songs either. I didn't really like the Peaches song. I was fine with the Mar like I was fine with the random bits of Mario music throughout it. I did think that the songs that they licensed, I felt like they were a little lazy with that too. It's like, oh, they're going to Brooklyn. Let's have a song about Brooklyn. Oh, we need a hero. Let's have waiting on a hero. And then the most random was, why the fuck are they doing take on me randomly? In this random movie, they've just got randomly take on me. Makes, I don't, I don't know why. Especially when you've got all of the classic songs from the Donkey Kong franchise. Like they've got some classics in there. And they opted to not do that just to have a take on me. I don't get it. That's it. Recommendations and scores? Yeah. Yeah. You looked really bummed during my my little segment there, Justin. Oh, did I? Oh, I was cool. I was fine. You looked like you had a little bit of a sad look on your face. No, (laughs) you would not make me sad with your opinion of a Mario movie. (laughs) Good. That's a fair fair assessment. That's what I would want. (laughs) Yep, that is the response to have. Yes, that's that's good. That's healthy. Good job, Justin. (laughs) Recommendations and score. Because especially if I want to bother you with an opinion, I'd bring up St. Anger, not this. (laughs) There you go. There that's you go. the way to do it. Yeah. That's the way I wouldn't want to do it with this. I'd want to do it with St. Anger. That's way more fun. Uh, yeah, let's start with you, Heather. Recommendations and scores. Um, I mean, while this was not like, uh, you know, on a top favorites list, I, I do think I would recommend it, though, because there are going to be, I, I think Sterling you bring up a good point about like there's it's it's like a nostalgia bomb for sure this movie and but i think that there are so many people that like the nostalgia it, myself included that i feel like that uh people you know that grew up on mario they're going to have a fun time reminiscing about their mario days if they see this movie and then the newer generation the kids are going to enjoy it because it's a kids movie and if they play Mario. So 
I, I do, I do see why people would want to see this movie and I do understand why people like it. Um, but I'm just, if I'm being honest though, like taking out, if I take out the fact that like, I just, you know, loved Mario growing up and I knew nothing about Mario. Say I went into this blind and I was like, what's Mario about? I've always heard about it, but never played it. Never knew anything about it. I would just be like, oh, okay. It's just a, it's just a movie about some characters that just go on an adventure. Like, and it just, it would be a very run of the mill kids movie for me if I didn't have the backstory of what Mario is. So, um, yeah. And that's kind of my takeaway on that piece of it. But I mean, yeah, I, I do recommend it because I do think that there's going to be a lot of people that do enjoy it for what it is. Um, don't expect like the greatest animated film of your life, but expect some good animation and you know, there's some fun scenes, I guess. So yeah, I I'll recommend it. Um, but my personal score is going to be a little bit different than just like a yay. Loved it. You know, uh, I'm going to give it, um, I'll give it a 55 Bowser piano ballads out of a hundred. Justin, what about you? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's an interesting place because this is based on a video game. So I think that if you are a person who plays these games, enjoyed these games, love these games, you got kids that are now playing the games or you still play them yourself. Um, I don't really see how you could not enjoy the palpable fandom that I felt watching it because I think it's all over the film. Like the, the, there are things that there are scenes and there are things that happen and stuff like that where definitely it just felt like a celebration of what, Super Mario is and what it is to play the games. And when I play those games, what I enjoy about those games has nothing to do with the storyline. What I love about those games is everything about just the, the, the experience of playing. It's the running and jumping. It's the action. It's the, it's the unique way that the characters look. It's the visual presentation of what of the game that you were playing. That's normally what makes Mario special. It's seeing all of these ideas thrown at you in these different levels, in these different lands, all of these different ideas are thrown at you. And it's like, hey, it's just a nonstop smorgasbord of ideas and things and color and all of this stuff. And really, it is just an escapist good time. That's what Mario has always been. That's what that is, in essence, what he is. So going into this movie, I think that there's a real challenge to capture the essence of that and to be able to say, okay, this is what Mario is, but still put it in some movie form. And I think for the most part, even though the the story is a thin story, there was one. I mean, it got from point A to point B. It 
it had all the elements that you need to make a story. Everything was there to complete a story. So while yes, in, in better movies like Puss in Boots and stuff that we mentioned, family movies like that, yes, those things are definitely more fleshed out than in this movie. Those things are better from a storytelling aspect than this movie. But I think the strength of this movie is that they focused on just giving you what you love about the games. So you saw all of those elements came into play. They made sure that all of those things were there. They made sure the characters behave the way that they do they, they, when you watch the games. There are even action and the action sequences. I loved them in this movie because they made it a point to sort of make them look like how it looks when you're playing the games. And I thought that all of that was cool. I thought that that was a lot of fun, especially for me, who's like, who I feel is like a true fan of this stuff, you know? So I think that if you're that person, if you fall like into that category, I don't know how you could watch this and not enjoy some aspect of it. And that seems to be the sentiment I'm getting from people who are fans of this. They were just so happy to see the game come to life. And that's really what this was. Um, And if that is the way that Nintendo and Illumination Studios are going to grab cash, well, clearly it worked because they grabbed plenty of it. And that's what I think a video game movie has to do. It has to feel, look, and give some semblance and pay some homage of the game that it's that it's adapting from. And far too many times I sit through movies that don't do that. They don't have any, hardly any elements from the game. Or they try to logic everything or change everything up. And then it doesn't even feel like I'm watching anything that's familiar with what I played. And this felt like what I play. It felt like what I play. And I think if if that's what you're looking for, you'll be happy with this. Um, if you're looking for a deep emotional story about two brothers overcoming their hardships in life and stuff like that, that's not what you're going to get here. You know what I mean? That's not what you're going to get here. And I think that's okay. I, I think that that's okay. I think it's okay to sometimes go to a movie and just have some escapist fun. And I think that that's what this was. It was just fun. It was just fun from start to finish, just run and gun fast. Let's run, go on this adventure. All right. We're in the mushroom kingdom. All right. Who's the problem? Who's the problem maker? It's Bowser. Who are we? What are we trying to do? I got to go save my brother. Let's freaking go. And let's just have an adventure and let's just see what the mushroom kingdom is all about. And I think it did that. And um, so I think if you are that person, you'll really like this. And, and, And again, I said like, I didn't say love because the movie critic in me would not let me <laughs> would not let me love this because obviously there are things um, that I'll get into that are left to be desired and things like that. So I think it can only go so high because of that. Um, it's definitely got a ceiling because, but I think part of that ceiling 
is by nature of what Mario is. You know what I mean? And I don't know if going deeper would necessarily help this. I think just giving you a sense of what you feel when you play the games is probably the best thing that this could have done. Um, And I think that that's why I enjoyed it so much. And if you're that person, I think you will enjoy this, whether your kids coming to see it, it's simple enough for them. But if you're somebody like me, like an, an eighties kid, they got, they've got eighties music in there for you. They've got a lot of references to the old arcade games and the old NES and all of that stuff is in there for you. You'll recognize things that you, that, that vividly that I remember when I played that maybe a kid wouldn't appreciate as much as me, but I appreciated them because, you know, that was my time. So there's stuff in there for me. I definitely saw that. I definitely recognized that. So I think that that's where it's a little bit different for me. Yes, the story is definitely paper thin. That's just for kids. But I think by merit of this being a video, and not only a video game, but this is a video game that has been out for what? Like so many years now, like 30 or 40 years. I mean, Mario has been out a long ass time. You know what I'm saying? That's, that is... So, I mean, now, how could you possibly check all those boxes of people? Are you, you know what I mean? Are you talking about Mario specifically, or are you going with the even earlier interactions of like Jumpman from Donkey Kong? Yeah, like Jumpman. I'm talking Donkey Kong and Jumpman all the way up until now. What is that? 80, when did it start? 80. I know. I want to say the first Nintendo came out in 1984, right? At least in the United States. Yes. But it was but even before that, you had the Donkey Kong yes. arcade game, the 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 Mario Brothers arcade game. And that, I want to say that was what, 80? 81? That might have been early 81. 80s. Yeah. So Mario's first appearance as Jumpman was 81. Okay, so that's like 40 plus years of this of, of this coming out. So I think that there's a real challenge to sort of come out with something that has spanned 40 years of people playing these games and stuff like that. So I think in that instance, the smartest thing you can do is just give people the game. Just give them the game. Let the story be thin like it is in the games and just let all and just showcase and just let it be a showcase of all the great ideas that Mario has brought to the gaming table. And that's essentially what this movie is. And I think that that ultimately is why I liked it so much. Uh, So I'll stop rambling so we can get to the spoiler part. Um, With all that being said, um, uh, the critic in me will deduct 30 points. So we'll go 70, uh, 70 peaches, 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 peaches. Uh, teaching Mario how to do uh, a jump man course out of a hundred. I think you did touch on a couple of things, Justin, about this movie that I don't necessarily disagree with. 
Except I think it kind of shows uh, a little bit of a difference between you and me. Kind of like how, what movie was it that we finally realized it's like, I don't like things that are just implied. Like, I forgot what movie did that. And we were talking about paintings and all that shit. Um, yes. Okay. Um, the, the, the eater, the, the eaters. What was that movie called? Bones and all. Bones, Bones and, and yes. all. Yes. Um, yes. I think that this kind of showcases a little bit of another difference of like you were talking about uh, like the, if you love playing the game, you're like this, you know, that's the, the connections to this movie because it feels like the game and all this other stuff. And maybe that is one of the reasons why I do not connect with this movie at all. Cause you're absolutely right. It's got essentially the same storyline as a Mario game. And I've got no problem with Mario games. It's because I actually like playing the game. I don't, I don't like watching people play Mario. You know what I mean? Like I, mm. if I'm not actually playing it, I'm going to check out outside of people doing like playing through crazy levels of like Mario builder. I was about to say, man, you got to get a, a whole lot of watch thing. some speed runs and some, Mar and crazy Mario courses because that is a lot of fun. Yes, I went down oh. a rabbit hole, and the whole day I watched you play. I damn near watched. Yeah, on your like <laughs> friends like streaming on Facebook of you failing constantly at a uh, Mario Creator, uh, yeah, Mario Maker. Oh yeah, I've watched the fuck out of that. That's a totally different thing. Um, but if it's just like not even like a speed run too, I totally get because that's like a whole other level of exploitation, like exploiting old code and all these other things. That's a totally other thing. But I'm talking about like if somebody's just sitting there on Twitch, just having a leisurely playthrough of Super Mario World. I'm not watching that. I don't give Dang, a fuck about that. that. We are different in that way because I watch See? those too. <laughs> and I think that I that's kind of the difference. Play. You know what I mean? The fun I get from Mario games is playing them. You know what I mean? It's it's the fun of when I succeed at something or if I fuck up, having to think about how I fucked up and how to like get around it. You know, especially if you've got to get like the like the 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 in some of the older like uh DS versions of it, those star coins and shit like that, the three they would have in the level and stuff like that. Like you see it and you're like, how the fuck do I get to that? And you've got to fuck up nine thousand different ways to go, oh that's how I get that. You know what I mean? I enjoy that. I don't enjoy ple watching people play it. Hmm. Outside of the, like, you know, the extraordinary different ways, you know what I mean? And I think that that also very much shapes our differences on this. Because you, you, you did nail it. This has the same plot as a Mario game. And I was thinking, I'm like, well, why do I have fun playing Mario games? But I hated this. And I'm like, because I don't watch people play Mario. Mm, okay. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And so to me, yeah. I think that that's why this comes across like a lot of these other video game movies. Where it's just a bunch of shit thrown into it to me. That's what it feels like to me. Because I also hate it whenever you get like a Resident Evil game. There's a bunch of lore. There's a bunch of history. There's a bunch of characters in Resident Evil. And I hate it just as much when Resident Evil goes, 
Because Resident Evil having a story, it does give you something more cinematic to watch. Like, I feel like Resident Evil would apply itself to a film way better than Mario to me. Because I guess, yeah, watching people play Mario is uninteresting to me. Watching people mm-hmm. play Resident Evil, there's a story that you can still get from just watching people play. True. Very true. And, but they always fail in Resident Evil. Why? It's it's one of the things you said. They just throw a bunch of shit in there haphazardly. They're like, oh, but this is a tyrant. And it's just a guy who happens to be tall that game. But then three movies later, they're like, oh, no, this is a mega tyrant and it's Nemesis. Like, they just throw shit in there and they're like, oh, look, Jill Valentine just showed up in the fourth movie. Hey, Jill. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and so maybe there is some harshness from me when it comes to Mario like that because... In my normal life, I can play a Mario game. I can't watch it being played, though. And I guess in a fair way, as you said, Justin, it's kind of like playing it. If you like watching people play, you're probably yeah. going to like watching watching this movie a lot more than me. You know? That is an interesting observation because, like, for me, I played it. I mean, probably not as much as a lot of other people did, but, I mean, I would... I have fun watching other people like play games that are much better at playing games than me. (laughs) So I think maybe that's why I didn't dislike this as much as you did, because I'm like, I never would have gotten to any of these levels to see all these things probably. So for me, I'm like, cool, you know? So I guess that does, that is an interesting observation that you make. Yeah. That's something I didn't think about, but now that you say it, it makes a lot of sense. And also it's funny too, Heather being in the middle like this, because you're you're a younger child, Heather, of the, of you and your brother. Yeah, I'm the oldest. When mm-hmm. I was a kid playing Mario, there was nobody for me to watch play. My sisters mm-hmm. had to watch me. I'm the one playing the fucking Mario because yeah, I'm the oldest. Fair. It's my Mario. Mm-hmm. You can play. Yeah. And hold the controller and act like you're doing shit. I'm playing Mario. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, that's for sure what it's like. Yeah. There's also that thing of I didn't have a sibling that I'm like giving the Mario controller to because they're like, oh, you're Luigi. I'd like give them like if any if I was ever like forced to like play with my sisters, like they had to be able to play too. They're like Luigi. And this was Super Mario World specifically. You know how you could siphon lives from other people in Mario World? Super Mario yeah. World? I'd go siphon all their fucking lives to where they just had one. They'd go fuck up real quick and die. And then I'm like, oh, you're out of lives. Just Mario. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And see, in, in, and in contrast to you, I did have that. Growing up with my brother, we would play together all the time. Or, yep. you know, there would be a friend that would come over and I would watch them play because it was their turn. So maybe there is definitely something to that is that I could tolerate guys. I could tolerate more what I was seeing and what was happening because I'm familiar, I guess, being in that place. So you at least have experience watching Mario being played. Yeah. 
That's yeah. not an experience I've really ever had in my life. This is a fascinating revelation that we're talking about here. Yeah, I know. I'm Super enjoying Mario. this, like the <laughs> the psychology of why we do and don't like watching Mario. We're slowly figuring this shit out. We've been doing yeah. this podcast for what four years now, and I mean, I've <laughs> known Justin for how long now? And we're finally figuring out the differences. Yeah, we're finally getting down to the delicate details of each other's personality. And, and, <laughs> and I guess, oddly, it's about it took Super Mario and. And Some random movie called Bones, Bones and All. And all. <laughs> Timothy so Chalamet and Mario apparently help us figure each other out. I guess so. <laughs> but then also with that, like, the other two-sided fold is I, even though, like I said, this movie is for millennials and kids. That's the main audience for this. I do fall into that subsect of millennials this is not for. Like I said, I'm insanely non-nostalgic. I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, hey, that's a reference to the first Super Mario Brothers game. That sure is awesome. It means nothing to me. I don't care. To me, it's like, damn, that's half the movie. (laughs) That was was half of it. I don't experience nostalgia (laughs) like that. Hmm. I, I'm very much about what is new with shit. I feel weirdly like I connect very much with Gen Z. Because anything that's like an established system or anything like that, and if somebody goes, I think we should just burn it down, I'm like, fair, let's do it. I don't care either. I'm completely for just dropping shit because it's pointed out something systematically that's wrong with it, or the fact that it's just too much of its time and no longer applies to today. I'm like, yes, let's get rid of it. I don't care. And so a movie like this doesn't work with me on any of those levels. But then on top of that, I do see that this movie is better than a lot of video game movies. This is better than Prince of Persia. This is better than, yeah. I was about to say Rampage, and I actually don't know if it is. It's better than Rampage. Maybe. It's, let's just say they're tied for now. Uh, What's another big video game movie? It's not better than the Sonic movies, I don't think. I think the Sonic movies are better than this. Because I think they at least did the things that were like playing the game, but also added story to it. I think the Sonic games are, or movies are better. I'll say Detective Pikachu, I feel, is better than this. Um, This is better than the new Mortal Kombat. Hands down. Hands down. Did you say Pikachu was better or not? Yes, I think Detective Pikachu is better. I think it is too, yeah. Um, I don't think this is better than 1992's Mortal Kombat. It also might be. Maybe I'm still a little too nostalgic for that. Maybe that's the last little bit of nostalgia <laughs> I have. Yeah, I was about to say, there goes some nostalgic. It <laughs> could be, it could be. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll call it out on that, that's fair. I... 
if I if I am going to be nostalgic towards things, it might be Mortal Kombat. I do have a Mortal Kombat tattoo, also. But it also could be that like Mortal Kombat games, especially now, are very story driven. Even though they're fighting games, very story driven. One of my favorite things about the new Mortal Kombat movie or games is you can just get on YouTube and watch the cutscenes. It plays like a fucking movie. It's fantastic. Um All right, I might be on my bullshit. This might be better than Mortal Kombat. I don't know. But yet. but maybe it's not to you because you love Mortal Kombat. So there's there was something about you going to the theater and seeing some of these characters and these elements and these things come to life and they didn't do the best job, but at least they captured, but at least that 1992 movie captured the essence of what Mortal Kombat is. So it stands out to you. It, yeah. Maybe on some level, this Mario movie's better per se, as far as just uh, uh, effectiveness, blah, 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 blah. But that holds a special place for you because you have a love for the Mortal Kombat games and the franchise that is unlike any of the other games that you play. That's me with this movie. Unfortunately, Justin, you just described nostalgia. And I can't have that. Not for me. I refuse to be nostalgic. On my conscience. Damn it. (laughs) You just, just just got a little bit of it, man. Just a bit. You just got a little bit of it. It's just there. the last just little bit. fucking bit I have. I just haven't severed my <laughs> ties with that yet. It's weirdly 1992's Mortal Kombat that just still has a grasp on me. Why do, you have to, why do you have to sever ties, though? Like, if you sever all the ties, do you become the ultimate complete super sterling or something? I don't understand why you can't have <laughs> some nostalgia for some things. Because why, having... Why not? Because I weirdly view nostalgia a little bit as a weird weakness. Like, Interesting. I, hmm. I feel like too many people hold on to things from the past. And in doing so, they miss great shit that's happening now. And that's fair to you. I kind of like that. I like the great shit that's happening now. I just the idea of being that grumpy old man on my lawn. It's just like, oh, back in my day, things were bad. I just the idea of me becoming that sounds so <laughs> terrible that I ha- I like I'll force myself to like stop liking shit from the past just to move on to something else. Why get rid of those just... Jurassic Park pants just because of it too? <laughs> but why does there have to be this favoritism of one over the other? Why can't you just like both of those shits? Like, why can't you just like all of it? Like, why can't I enjoy some old ass Super Mario Brothers, but then throw on my PS5 and play some God of War Ragnarok or something? Like, why can't I you can. enjoy both of those things? Why can't I why can't I go watch like some blood? vaudeville movie like the guy was talking about and then also go to my Netflix and watch something that just came out and enjoy both of those things 
why why does there have why is there this struggle with you of one versus the other why does there have to be a leaning why can't i just like it all you can i uh, my main thing is is like people of our generation tend to be more nostalgic about actual things whereas older generations tend to be nostalgic about a time period people of our generation tend to be nostalgic towards very specific things like properties or like, you know, TV shows, movies, video games. You know what I mean? We latch on to these weird things from our childhood, especially. And it's, it's to the regard. And I think it's because to me, it makes me wonder when people are nostalgic, if they're being honest with themselves. And it's like when you go and you like Mm. watch Space Jam. So many people from our age group are going to watch it now and go, it's just as good as when I first saw it. And I hate to break it to you. It was actually never good. (laughs) It's always sucked. (laughs) When you were a kid, you just didn't realize how much it sucked. But the fact it's like, that's what I don't want. I, I I feel like people lie to themselves because of nostalgia. If you're honest with yourself about it, I'm completely fine with it. Like, if anybody wants to talk about the old uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoons, you can say you love them. That's fine. You also have to admit that they are garbage. <laughs> it's bad animation. It's bad continuity. It's just pure. How many toys can we make from this? If you, so ex- someone was like, I love this, but it's terrible. And I realized that that's fine. Yes. I'm completely fine with that. Cause you're being honest about your nostalgia. Okay. And I think Justin, you were honest about it when you were like pure Mario fan. It's amazing as a movie. It's not. That's fair. That's being honest about your nostalgia. You're not letting your nostalgia and love for Mario make you go a plus movie, no matter what. Yeah. This is the greatest movie. So that's, that's a fair (laughs) assessment of nostalgia. I just tend to lead towards anti nostalgia because I don't like that people lie to themselves about it. I try to be honest with myself about it. I had a little crisis like five minutes ago about 1992's Mortal Kombat because of it. Like, am I being honest with myself or not? You know what I mean? And I think that that's the most important thing with nostalgia is whether or not you're honest about it. If somebody goes, I love Space Jam because it's a dumb fucking movie, but it has some bangers on the soundtrack. And it still makes me feel like I was a kid sitting there, watch Michael Jordan stretch his arm out from the fucking, you know, top of the key. It just reminds me of a simple time, but yeah, it sucks, but I'm happy that it sucks. Perfect, perfectly fine assessment of the movie Space Jam. As long as you also admit that R. Kelly's a disgusting human being. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, you got to admit that part. 
I don't know. Yeah, this is you're, you're making me think about all this. And it's like, I don't know. I think to a certain extent, everybody just naturally latches on to things. I mean, I don't know, like whether it be from their childhood or whether it be something that reminds them of something. I don't know. It's weird because I get what you're saying about the dishonesty that sometimes comes with nostalgia. But I also think there's a real honesty, too, to how some people feel about that stuff. And when they say nothing is better than this stuff, that there could be a person that honestly, truly believes that. It, that, that in their opinion, somebody could go, man, it never got any, it never got better than the Goonies. And you could tell them that there are these a hundred other kid gang group movies that are better. You could introduce story elements <laughs> right. and stuff like that, but they don't feel the same way about it because they just, because it didn't make them feel the way that that did. And there's some honesty in that too, you know what I mean? I think that there's some real honesty in that and they could watch the quote unquote better movie or whatever it is and just not feel anything like they felt when they watched the Goonies. And I think that's yeah. okay. You know, yeah, it's I like think the that's difference okay. between this is the better or this is the best of the types of movies, but this is my favorite of the types of movies it can be very different things. Yeah, because I think nostalgia, too, is just like an opinion. It's all about preference and how you felt in that moment and memories. Or, and, and sometimes that stuff is linked to, like, real shit. Like, man, I used to watch this with my sister and, you know, my sister died of a heart attack five years ago. So that movie, I will always say that movie is one of my best movies because... Nothing makes me feel like that because I think when I watch that, I think about my sister and I think that's right. fair game. Like, I think I don't think I could be like, well, yeah, you may feel that way about your sister. But this movie that came out in 2022 is way better than that movie or blah, 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 right. blah. I don't know if that person really would give a shit, though, because they weren't watching that with their sister. You know, I don't know. There's just all these other things about it. So I, I don't know what the truth. Yeah. There can still be truth in someone's nostalgia because you're dealing with feelings and emotions and things like that. So there's some real honesty in that too. You know what I mean? Um, that's that's that, a fair assessment. I, I, that I, I, I think sometimes that. transcends like, just like the comparative quality of films. Because ultimately, it's about how it makes you feel, right? That's ultimately what it comes down to, right? Is how it makes you feel. And I think that's why people just are so emotionally tied to certain things. So that's that's fair. I don't know. I don't even know if what I'm saying is making sense. No, no, I it think is. I make sense. I, I get that. And I guess that's the other side of the coin, though. I don't put much stock in that shit. Okay. Like, I don't really emote in, I, I, I guess I should say in a healthy manner. So I don't always get those types of feelings or they don't really mean as much to me. 
You know what I mean? Like there are certain things I get that, but I'm not going to put any stock in like me personally. I'm like, man, I was really happy when I watched this movie as a kid. Well, I'll just find a movie that makes me happy now. Why would, why would I want to remember being happy? Why don't I just go feel it by watching a movie now? That's what I would prefer, you know? And I think that, I guess that is the other flip side of the coin is I'm not as emotionally sentimental with things like that. So maybe that that is my inability to then, because I am not of a sentimental type, maybe it is a lot harder for me to understand people being nostalgic due to sentimentality. See, maybe there's maybe there's more to this Mario movie. It's just bringing out inner truths left and right. It really is, like man. The, the psychology <laughs> of movie nostalgia or something. This is cool, though. I think this is one of the coolest yeah. conversations we've had because we've never really broke down nostalgia like this. We've talked but I about think it, but we've never broke bit. it down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think right. this adds a layer to it that I have that I don't think about a lot. But you just got me really thinking about it but yeah um just to be fair to the podcast i just realized we're still in my recommendation and score yeah we are let's record for the longest recommendation score ever yeah and it's still just my section we haven't even gotten out of mine yet let's just wrap that up and we can continue this okay um okay i don't recommend it unless you're a kid or you love nostalgia fair uh I give it 40. I don't know. There shouldn't have been Mario Karts in this fucking movie out of a hundred. Um, <laughs> Cinescore is a 55. Okay. Which I think mirrors kind of what the critic score was. It's a little bit higher. I think critics oh, okay. last I saw was like 43, 45, somewhere in there. So it's a whole letter grade higher. Hmm. I did check today, actually. It was at 56. Never mind. Fuck me. It's the exact same, pretty much. <laughs> okay. Uh, spoiler slash finishing the conversation we just had? Yes. <laughs> Let's do it. Spoilers. So, I mean, so with this, would you say, Justin, that... When it specifically, let's, I'll even tie this into this movie. Do you have like specific memories from being a kid, like playing Mario that tie into like happy memories like that? Yeah, I do. And did did this movie like just give you those same feelings? Did it remind you of those and like kind of bring those out whilst watching it? Yeah. Yeah, it did. And see, and then for me, I guess like, yeah, like I said, I, when I was playing Mario as a kid, I was the, the dominant Mario player. And I mean, I just enjoyed playing the game. I don't really have any memories of playing Mario that relate to a specific emotion. I just remember I used to play the game. You know, I, I had fucking like, I played Super Mario World at night just beyond a normal amount, like. I had fucking unlocked all the shit, found all the little Star World pieces. Then you know, like that second Star World fucking area. There's just yeah, the two with rows. those 
insanely hard levels. Oh my God, those levels. I had gotten all those. You know what I mean? I had just, I'd found every fucking thing there was in Super Mario World. Um, I mean, honestly, the Mario games I've played the most, if you just look through all of it, it's Super Mario 3. Because I, I, because I think it and Super Mario World are just some all-time classic games. Yeah. Just, I love both of those games. Outside of that, I played some Mario 64. I've played some of the other ones. I, I mean, I've played pretty much every Mario game out there at least a little bit. Outside of that, though, it's the new Super Mario Brothers that originally released for the DS. Mm, man. I loved that fucking game. It was great. It's fantastic. You know? And so those those three games are the Marios that I've played the most. You know, throughout all of this. I mean, maybe up there is some Mario Kart. If you're going into the ancillary titles or any of that stuff. Mario Kart. And, you know, played some Smash. I was never as dedicated to Smash as you were, though. You you kind of broke a lot yeah. of our spirits playing Smash. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, I just wanted to be a melee of bullshit, and I walk up with Ganondorf and fucking Ganondorf punch people out. And Jason's all using, like, actual strategy and cancels and all kinds of shit. <laughs> Actually playing the game. Just ruining it for everybody. Yeah, which is funny because the developer often talked about how it was never meant to be that way. It's supposed to be just a fun escape party game and players turned it into this big strategy tournament yeah. thing. And I heard that a lot of the, the the developers actually hate that because the way it's meant to be played is just, let's just all be on the screen and a bunch of chaos is happening. And it's just fun, you know. That's what I thrived in. <laughs> I love yep. chaos, Smash Brothers. Um, and I do love Mario Strikers. I never really played a lot of Mario Party or anything like that. Loved Mario Strikers, though. Love it. I've got the new one for the Switch. I think it's fantastic. Fantastic game. Yeah. It's tight. Um. But yeah, I don't really have any memories where I'm like, like I played Mario with somebody or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have anything like that to tie any sentimentality to Mario whatsoever. Other than I just played the games a lot as a kid. That was it. There were lots of things I did as a kid, though, that I don't do anymore. Or like anymore. So. You know. I just. I You know what I mean? So like I've like grown out of that aspect. I, or I shouldn't say grown out of. Because it's not like I won't play a Mario game. I mean a couple of weeks ago. I sat there and played fucking. I want to say it was Mario 3. On my fucking. On, on my Switch. Just because it's in the little Mario. Or it's in the little. Uh, NES. App you can play. But outside of that, I don't know. I don't really emotionally connect to things like that. And so in doing so, I suppose, yeah, this movie's going to even work less on me. So I guess what I'm saying is take my review of this whole movie as I guess as somebody that's on the outside looking in, I'm very much 
not at all the intended audience for this movie whatsoever. And I think part of it is, though, is that I I guess what I wanted from a Mario movie would have been something more akin to like a Puss in Boots. I think they could have gone deeper with it. I think that they could have added layers and done some stuff and kept it Mario. And I just feel like they, instead of that, they just wanted to throw more shit in. I think you could have cut out all the shit with Donkey Kong. I think you could have cut out the entire fucking Mario Kart sequence. Save those for later movies. I think you cut all that out and you you can put story into it instead. Instead of just more characters. And plus, I, I don't know, I was slightly bothered that Luigi is barely in this movie. Same. I mean, I appreciate them going the route of it not being like Peach kidnapped the whole movie. And so you have Peach gone the whole time. I appreciate them changing that formula. And it's not the damsel in distress the whole time. I appreciate that. I get that. But I think there could have been more Luigi, though. Instead of him just kind of there. But I guess that is kind of apt. I mean, unless you've got two players, Luigi's absent from your game. It, it just kind of felt weird that he's absent the whole time. It's like if you're playing through an entire Mario game by yourself, one player. And then all of a sudden, when you're in that final level, it's like the newer ones where you can play together. A friend comes over and they're like, yeah, let's beat the game together real quick. That's kind of what it felt like with Luigi in this. Like Toad was infinitely more in this movie and kind of more important to the movie than Luigi was. That just felt a little weird to me. Also, like I said, the ending is the exact same as Sonic 2. It's just the exact same. It's like, oh, Big Bad's doing big bad shit. Let me get this invincibility item. And now I just beat the fuck up out of the big guy and save the day. It's just the exact same. Also... The final thing. This is literally the final thing I'm going to talk about. Why was everybody that's in the real world, why were they all happy for Mario and Luigi at the end of the movie when they're like, yeah, go get him, Mario? A, all the destruction that was just caused there in Brooklyn was directly caused by Mario bringing that bullet bill <laughs> into the real world and causing that explosion. He did all of that damage, brought the monster (laughs) creatures to this world. That's fair. And now he's saving the day. It's like a firefighter lighting a fucking building on fire and putting it out. Is he really a hero? (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. It was a little weird. I know I said that was the last thing. One other tiny thing. 
why were they bringing up weird things that had no purpose in this movie? Like it, that I felt was cruel to me. Like princesses, peaches backstory. Why are they introducing those elements in here? Yeah. To literally just abandon them. Yeah. To me, it just was like, and to me, why it was cruel is because I'm like, oh, are they actually going to go a little deeper into this? No, no, they weren't. They just wanted to throw that in there for five fucking seconds and not have it mean anything. And I mean, maybe it'll be in the second movie or third movie or I don't know, 97th. Cause you know, this is now greenlit 27 sequels with the amount of money they just pulled in. It's greenlit for as much as they fucking want. It just felt out of place. Like once you see the totality of the, uh, the, the film, it felt out of place. All right, that's all I got. I right, look, Justin, go. You you should go. You're wearing the hat. My 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 instinct is just to throw to you every time because I look at the screen and I see Mario hat and I'm like, oh, it's Justin's <laughs> turn to talk. He's Mario. <laughs> it stands out, man. It stands out. Maybe that's why Mario wears it. Um, man, where to even begin? Um, I guess. Uh, I do sort of understand the complaint about Luigi. I would say that um, one of the things I loved about the film was the beginning of it where Mario and Luigi were together. I thought that the back and forth that they had and them trying to start a plumbing business and prove themselves and stuff like that. Like when you got to see Mario and Luigi together and kind of the, brotherly love that they do have there was a part of me um that when he got captured you did miss them together you know i do think that if you had done it the other way where peach gets captured and it's mario and luigi and toad having to figure all this out together and them and the brothers figuring out together Maybe that could have been a more satisfying movie, or at least at the end when Luigi comes back and then they have to like, and then they band together and beat Bowser and everything at the end. Maybe it would have had a little more impact if you would have had a little bit more Luigi throughout the movie, or at least Mario and Luigi together. Um, I mean, Luigi was it, and it kept cutting to him and he showing him being imprisoned and all of that kind of stuff. But I get what you're saying when you say a lot of those interactions and things we were seeing were just, you know, moments for laughs or him being nervous or whatever the case may be. Um, some of it, though, um, I guess in the movie's defense, though, is by design of the games, because there are definitely games where. Mainly you're playing, especially the later Mario games, where you're basically playing as Mario and Luigi is like a side character. Or he may come in from time to time, help you with something, or he may, or they may be like a Luigi mode that you unlock where you can play as him and stuff like that. But there are hardly any, especially like the newer games, where you're actively playing 
as Luigi in the game. A lot of the times it is Mario is the main character and Luigi is there, but he's not the, and, and which is why there are so many people that are fond of games like Luigi's Mansion, where they reverse the roles and you do get to play as Luigi. And I know that there's like a definite Luigi fan base out there. There are people that like Luigi better than Mario and stuff like that. That's actually a very real thing. But to be fair, in a lot of the games, this is Luigi's role. So I do kind of understand why they did the story the way they did. But 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 I did miss him, though. I can't deny that. I did miss him, especially the way the, the, the film started. So I, I do get some of those critiques. But yet I understand the methodology and the reason why they did what they did. And and you're totally right. I think it did make sense for Peach to kind of have to introduce Mario to the Mushroom Kingdom and get him to understand how this works and how he's going to be a formidable in this world and stuff like that. That made a lot of sense to me. Um... Again, this is kind of a thing in the later games. I think in the older games, what we were used to was Peach just always kind of being captured and, oh, we got to go save her. Outside of Mario 2. Yeah, where you played as all four characters, which is, you know, which I'm hoping in the second movie, that's sort of what we get. We get all four of them kind of, none of them are captured and we get all four of them kind of on an adventure together. I'm holding out for that. I think the second movie will be like that. But uh, back to this one, I understand because in a lot of the later games, Peach is like, she's pretty much a badass now. You know, in Smash Brothers, she's very, very formidable. She's had games now where you play as her and she's <laughs> beating ass and shit. You know, so it's it's kind of now like a pretty accepted thing that Peach can handle herself. So I think that the decision that they made kind of going in the spirit of what is newer about the Mario presentation in that way was probably the the smartest move. And it makes sense for her to kind of teach him, okay, this is what power-ups are, this, that, and the other. Um, But again, back to the paper-thin stuff, we never explain power-ups. We never explain why mushrooms are power-ups. Like, if you really try yeah. to dissect Mario, <laughs> you would just be there for days talking about why does a mushroom make you grow? Why does this fire plow- f- flower give you fire power ability? Why does the star give you invincibility? Like, if you really tried to sit there and dissect this and break it down, you probably just get a headache. It's, well, it's why do you have to eat the mushrooms, but you just have to touch the other things? And yeah. that's why do you only have, like, <laughs> do you have to touch them with intent? Like the ice flower, the fire flower, like, do you have to touch them with the intent of using them? Or can you just hold them like they were and it not be a thing? Like, yeah. Or why are they in these blocks? Why are they stored in these blocks that are just everywhere? And like, does, can anyone have access to these powers or are there only special people? At first I thought, what they might do is is say that these things don't really mean anything to the mushroom people here, 
But because we're human, because we're from another universe, because we are from somewhere else, it does something different to us. I thought maybe they could have, they were going to go that route, but they didn't. They were just like, these are power ups. This is what they do. Let's move on to the next thing. And see, these are elements where I think the, the story is weaker. Oh, wait, go ahead. And why did Donkey Kong, why did they have a bunch of them? They just had a bunch of them in their kingdom too. Just, ah, you got the cat power up. Like, I wanted to see Donkey Kong eat a mushroom. Yeah, and grow into just a big, giant-ass DK. But again, this is like kind of, I think, the challenge with this. Like, because in a movie... you're looking at it a little bit different because in a movie, you got to explain things. And it was kind of like what you were saying, Heather, if you're a person who has never heard of Mario and you're watching this, I could just see you having all of these questions. Well, why is the mushroom a power up? Why is that a power up? Can anybody have the power ups? Why didn't they just give all of the mushroom people and the soldiers and everybody, why didn't they just give everybody power ups and have everybody go fight Bowser? Why is it just Peach and Mario going to fight when you could just give everybody an army of power-ups? You know, I could see a person who knows, if they know nothing about this, just sitting in the movie going, why are things happening? Um, Why is this happening? Why is that happening? So clearly you could tell that this was more like, okay, you know who these characters are. You know... That, that this is how it works in the games. This is what these things are. Let's move on. You know, that's what the movie chose to do. And so I think, and while I think maybe that probably was the best decision for this, because it's, I mean, it's Super Mario Brothers, that, uh, the 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 other side of that coin is that your story by merit of that is, it's going to be weaker. And outside of adding 30 more minutes, to like world build and explain lore and do all of this kind of stuff. I think they just chose to just people know what this shit is. Let's just go. Well, I have a, I, I, I want to run something by you guys that I, I wonder if maybe this would have solved some of the problems, at least that I had and some of the things you just talked about. So, like I was saying earlier, get rid of all the Donkey Kong shit, all the Mario Kart shit, get rid of all that. But instead of having Luigi get, you know, instantly separated from Mario when they were traveling through and end up in the dark lands, because I agree, Jast, I thought their, their back and forth and their relationship at the beginning of the movie is very nice. That's why I was like, we don't have that for the rest of the movie. It's kind of weird. What if like, Instead of it being, well, they have to rescue Luigi from Bowser and all this other stuff. And that's why Mario wants to get involved, like, with the stuff to, like, possibly go save his brother and all this other shit. Why don't you just have the way to get out of that world is something Bowser has. Like, a warp whistle. Like, they need to get the warp whistle to fucking get out of the Russian kingdom. So that's why you don't have to have Princess Peach getting kidnapped. You don't have Luigi getting kidnapped. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. So you can keep those elements like you were saying, Chastin, of 
Princess Peach is there and shows them what to do and shows them how the things work and all this other stuff. But you get more of the Mario Luigi dynamic. You don't sacrifice that either. And then maybe you could add a little bit more world building to it, you know, by just virtue of not having Mario Kart. And then like, you know, but Bowser's on his way to take over, but they also know that they need to help fight Bowser because that's how they get the warp whistle to get out. You know what I mean? You can even still do the crazy ending of he's also got the star and he's coming because, you know, he loves Princess Peach. You can keep all that part. You can keep all of that shit. That's just my kind of thought of one way you could have kind of cleaned up that without sacrificing the things that did make it a little bit better or were some of the more productive scenes out of some of those. No, I like what you said. And even if, and maybe like, I was thinking that maybe you could have even done something where like, because at the beginning of the movie, they're establishing that they're, they're, they're trying to start this plumbing business and it felt like they were trying to prove themselves, be useful. And everybody was calling, you know, Mario, you're so small and insignificant and all of this kind of stuff like that. I think there was even a scenario where they get to the Mushroom Kingdom. They're both like him and Luigi are like, but whoa, where are we just trying to figure this thing out? And they're thrust into this kingdom that has this problem. Bowser is coming and he's taken over all these different kingdoms and he's on his way to this one. And you couldn't have arrived at a worse time because we've got this big problem and everything like that. And maybe at first the Mario brothers are like, nah, man, we're not really involved in this, man. We're just trying to go home. But maybe through talking to each other, through going through some of these things with peach and maybe after passing the course or whatever it is, the challenge is maybe they realize this is our chance to be significant. You know, it wasn't working out in our world, but maybe, but if we can do something here, if we can prove our worth here, maybe this is what, we as brothers are meant to do. Maybe this happened for a reason. Maybe we're here because we can make the difference in this somehow. Maybe this is what we're supposed to do. You you could have also went that route too. Bowser could have just been the threat by himself. And they could have just been in yeah. and maybe in helping Peach, they prove something about themselves. And, and you could things have- like that. Which they did in the movie, but just, you know, but this is a way you could have kept Luigi. And you could have had some dumb line of like towards the end when they're like, when we came here, we were just the Mario brothers. But now we're the Super Mario brothers. The Super Mario brothers. And then they go, they go fight Bowser. Nice. Yep. Yep. You could have done something like that. So there are definitely some things they could have done to like keep Luigi there. Um, but I do understand why, but, but like I said, I don't no need to re-explain it, but I do kind of understand that logic, but back to the peach teaching Mario, the course, what I think I loved about that scene, that was one of the scenes that I really loved because to me that definitely captured the essence 
of being a Mario player and just failing the course over and over and over again and have to keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. That's what it is to play Mario, man. That that's what it is to play. And see, that's why I think it's scenes like that where I think this movie is a cut above some of the video game movies and stuff like that, 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 that have come out that have just been really like super disappointing. That is definitely what the old John Leguizamo, Bob Hoskins, Mario was missing with stuff like that. Like just capturing what it's like to have to do this over and over to finally get it. And I liked the element of the not, not giving up element that they sort of added to Mario. Like he's relentless. He's going to keep trying. He's going to keep trying until he gets it. That kind of thing. Because as a Mario brothers player, that is literally what you have to be <laughs> to, in order to beat those games. You got to keep trying. You die, you come back. You got to keep doing it. You got to keep doing it. And eventually you get it. So to me, that was one of like the best scenes in the movie because nothing more captures what it's like to be a Mario player to me than that scene. So that was one of the scenes that I really appreciated. Um, Also, just like I said, the action sequences, I loved when they would like turn the camera to the side and essentially the action looked like if you were running sideways in Super Mario and like the whole thing of it being really fast paced and, you know, Mario kicking shells and the shell is going and hitting all these other enemies on the screen and Goombas and other Koopas and they're running and jumping, bouncing off of things. I thought that that was so cool, man. Like really capturing again, just another way that they took an action sequence, but instead of just doing like the same old thing, I like how they like, they sort of Mario eyes did, if you will, and sort of gave you the viewpoint of what it is like. Uh, that is what you're doing in these Mario games. When, when you're going fast paced, you're running and you're trying to make everything work and jump and get to point A to point B. So there were just scenes like that, that really just capture what it's like to play. And it's funny that you're like, man, cut out all the Donkey Kong, cut out all the uh, Mario Kart stuff. I don't know, man. I, I think that Mario Kart has become almost as synonymous to Mario as his platforming games. There are just so many people that have a love for Mario Kart and play that. And like that game, and I think Mario Kart might, the Mario Kart 8, um, which there was a lot of music from Mario Kart 8 in this, which I I appreciated. But um, even the way that they were selecting their carts with the whole roller thing, and it was like, select your flying mechanism select your card or whatever straight out of Mario Kart 8 all of that that little scrolling thing digitized scrolling computer where they were customizing their carts or whatever straight out of Mario Kart 8 all of that was updated Mario Kart 8 stuff um but I don't know I I, I thought that the scenes with the Mario Karts 
were like visually like spectacular. Like the, the rainbow road looked incredible whenever the carts and stuff were colliding with water and the explosions and all of that stuff. And there was even drifting in there and all of that stuff. I mean, it was just all stuff from the game. Now, why did Kong, why did Cranky Kong have this on Kong Island? Um, That part I thought, I thought was a little weird. I was like, well, this is Mario Kart. So why did the Donkey Kongs, why do the Kongs own all of this? Why do they, why do they have all of this? And of course there was no explanation. They just had it, you know, Cranky just, this is how they conduct business. This is what they do here. They build cards for whether they're battling people or they build them for races. And this is why they, and they have them. So this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to fight Bowser. We're going to infiltrate his base with these cards. So was it the greatest idea of how to incorporate Mario Kart? No, but I, but I mean, it was, but, but at least, but they found a way they found a way they were like, okay, this is who owns this stuff. The Kongs do. So this is how we're going to infiltrate Bowser's fortress or whatever. We're going to drive in these and have this like Mario Kart sequence. And we're going to take the rainbow road and do that. So at least it fit the story element as far as this is how we're going to infiltrate Bowser's base. They could have done it a hundred other ways. They chose to incorporate Mario Kart. I was cool with it. And I like seeing Donkey Kong. I, I think Donkey Kong is another like, synonymous character with Mario and Nintendo and stuff like that. And he got a lot of love. A lot of his music was in it and he did more than I thought he was going to do. I just thought that was going to be a little cameo with him where Mario has to fight him and stuff like that. I just thought that was going to pretty much be the end of him, but I like that. He kind of stuck around now was Luigi kind of sacrificed for this. Yes, he was. So I was about to say that. You know, so I get that, but, uh, but, but I'm sorry. Donkey Kong is kind of more important than Luigi though. I mean, Donkey Kong has his own games, man. Donkey Kong but has. Is he more important to Mario than Luigi? <laughs> I, I think, well, you say that and I get it because like in real life, that's his brother. So yes, he's more important to Mario. But when you look at the history of Nintendo and the games, Donkey Kong is hella more important to Mario than Luigi is because the original Donkey Kong game is where Mario debuted. Yeah. Uh, Um, But at the same time, how many games have Mario and Donkey Kong been in together versus how many games have Mario and Luigi been in together? um, Definitely more um, for Luigi. definitely he's been in more of the games because they're Mario brother games, but Donkey, but, but Luigi doesn't have his own, but, but, but you got to understand Luigi's like a side character in the Mario brothers games. Donkey Kong has all his own shit. You know what I mean? Donkey Kong has Donkey Kong country, Donkey Kong, the, you know, the Mario versus DK games, the 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 Donkey Kong sixty four. I mean, Donkey Kong has his own franchise of games. You know, I think yeah. he is 
more important than Luigi at this point. He, I think he kind of is. He is to himself, <laughs> though. That's kind of my thing. He's more important to himself than, but than necessarily just to Mario, though. You know what I mean? Like Donkey Kong kind of, to me, would make more sense if they did this one a little bit more straightforward. And then maybe in the second Mario movie, it is more like them, not, I don't want to say versus Donkey Kong, but it's more tied, you know, all that together. You know what I mean? Hmm. I feel like to establish the Mario quote unquote cinematic universe, it makes more sense to me to leave Donkey Kong out of this one and keep Luigi in it. Build all yeah, that, build that foundation, and then you expand. To me, I guess this is too much the DC version of universe building versus the Marvel. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying with that. And I don't know what the plan was. I don't know if the plan was to have all of these different movies or if this was a test to sort of see what would happen. And then, you know, like what, what you can kind of do later, because I know after that original Mario movie, Nintendo was very apprehensive about having any of their IPs do movies and stuff like that. Oh, they so were I think hella cut everything off. Yeah. They weren't even doing cartoons it. anymore after that shit. So they were super scared. So I understand the logic of, okay, this is supposed to be a celebration of Mario. Is it possible to do that without Donkey Kong? And my answer would be no. I think he has to be in there. Like, it's one of those things, he's got to be in there. If this is a celebration of Mario, he's got to be in there because he is synonymous with, they started to get, he's synonymous with Mario at this point. You know, I think he is. Like, and he's in all all the party games, the card games. They've got their own line of games where it's just them versus each other together. Like, he is very, very synonymous with Mario. So, I think it makes sense for him to be here, you know. Um, but I get what you're saying. If, But, yes, if we were cinematic world building and this was a phase, yes, you could totally probably have Donkey Kong somewhere later. Or maybe if it, was, if it were me, though, I would have had Bowser later. And just had it start with DK. DK could have been the villain in this. And then they come to an understanding that maybe in the second movie you go after Bowser and now DK is a friend. That's what would have that's what the games have reflected. But you know. You know, it, it's that's neither fair. here or there. But 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 I mean, but I like the DK being in it because I feel like I feel like anyway, that he is very like synonymous with Mario, but at the same time, he himself is a more important, I think, Nintendo character than Luigi. Like, I I think he is. I don't know if he's more, it's hard to say who's more recognizable out of those two. I don't know. I mean, maybe Luigi gets it, but I don't know. I mean, my thing is, though, like, why do they call it the Super Mario Brothers if it's really just more about Mario? Like, just call it Mario. That's That always threw That's, me off, too, because even when I was younger, 
I would always say, oh, let's play Mario. Like it just, that was just sort of how I always thought of it because it felt like Mari, it was about Mario more. Well, I mean, that's been the weird thing since the beginning of the franchise. I mean, it's the Mario Brothers. It's the Super Mario Brothers game. It's Mario. Right. And that's the one thing that you can never take away from the, the 1993 live action Mario game or a movie, I should say. That joke they did about their names. Fantastic. It's a classic <laughs> joke. Oh, they're yeah. like, wait, so your name is Mario Mario? Yeah. And you're Mario Luigi. Yeah. Or Luigi Mario. Yeah. Because they are the Mario brothers. Yeah. So that dictates their yeah. last name is Mario. But then they call them Mario and Luigi. So, yeah, it's Mario, Mario, and Luigi, Mario. Right. I think yeah, that that's a fantastic joke. and it's a, it, That's it's, true. To me, it's a lighthearted way of poking fun at the franchise. Yeah. Because it was set up incorrectly. Yeah. Because technically, yeah, you're right. It should, um, <laughs> the, their last names would have to be Mario based on that. But you're absolutely right, Heather. It, it even though it is the Super Mario Brothers, or at least that's how it started, somewhere along the way, and maybe it's just because there were a lot of people just playing by themselves. So you played more with Mario because Mario yeah. was player one. It may have just been that, I think, at first, just by merit of that. And then Mario was by himself in the original Jumpman, later Donkey Kong game. So I think... At some point, it just became Mario, you know, Super Mario World, yeah. Super Mario 64, Mario Galaxy. At some Mario at, Kart, yeah. Yeah. At some point, it just became Mario was just synonymous with all of it. So all of these are now yeah. characters sort of in Mario's universe which is what kind of makes DK unique because DK sort of kind of broke away and kind of has his own shit. But like somewhere along the way, man, Luigi just got, I mean, kind of tossed to the wayside, man. He just got second fiddle, man. And, and I don't know, they never really rectified that. He's always well, just Luigi's kind of been that role. Yeah. Yeah. And then Luigi's mansion games, I think are probably the best example of that. And sometimes in games, there's like a, like I said, like a Luigi mode you can unlock where you're just playing as him. But even then, those are presented like, oh, these are special things <clears throat> and special occasions. But you can tell that Nintendo doesn't put the energy or the effort or anything like they do into the Mario games and stuff. Like, and it's really funny because anytime there's something where they do like a, a real life gritty version of Mario or anything like that, I always love that they bring that up as an issue, like that he's second fiddle and all this other stuff. Yeah. I mean, you ever want to see the best characterization of Luigi? There's a web series and I know this is like the second or third time I brought it up on the podcast. It's called there will be brawl. And Man, that Luigi, it's the best characterization of him, and it's fantastic. And, I mean, this isn't really a spoiler, but he's the main character, and I love it. Hmm. Because they play yeah. into that relationship of everybody remembers yeah. Mario, nobody remembers Luigi. 
Yeah. And everybody respects him and stuff like that. And everybody, Mario had the big reputation. Everybody respects him and stuff like that. And th- that series was funny, man. Like uh, uh, it just had a lot of funny things. And like, it was actually Luigi that got with Peach and all of this kind of stuff, you know, they, 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 they did some funny things with it, but yes, that was the basis for, because of the fact that Luigi has always just kind of been presented as that second fiddle brother. But I'm hoping maybe like in the sequel movie, I hope that some of that is addressed. Maybe that's Luigi's arc. I feel like that would be a great arc for him in a later movie where like, it seems like he's kind of being forgotten about or thrown to the wayside of Mario's hella popular and Luigi's kind of got this arc of him trying to prove his significance. I think there could be something there um, that they should kind of touch on that. It would be cool if like what happens in the real world sort of happens in, in a movie world scenario, but I uh, will have to hold out for that. Um, I'll let you talk in a, in, in a minute, Heather. I just wanted to bring up a, just a few more things. Um, I thought that Jack Black did an amazing job as Bowser. I thought that Bowser was pretty funny at the, in this. I laughed at some of the parts that he had. I liked the Peaches song. I thought that that was kind of funny. Um, and, and some of that is game related, like not the Peaches song, but he did try to marry Peach in a game. In Mario Odyssey, that is sort of what is happening, is he is trying to force um, a marriage on Peach or whatever, because if he can become, because if he marries her, then he'll have all the kingdoms and all this kind of stuff. And And Bowser has always just kind of been that way in the games. He's a very just very simple, I want it all type of greedy bastard kind of character. But I did appreciate the, the, um, the, the, them getting into his funny side, because that is often a side that is in some of the games and stuff like that, 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 that you don't often see. So I did like him, playing piano and being disturbed and being mad about it or him kind of being jealous, like hearing about something about Mario and going, well, does she like that? And I don't know. I think Jack Black just did a great job of like (laughs) being like low key jealous and stuff. Like, well, did she like that? He Mario was able to do that. And like, just the way that he played it. Yeah. Was, was, was she impressed with that? Like, like I thought that that was pretty funny, man. I thought that he brought something to that character that I didn't know that I was going to get. So uh, my hat is off to him. I think he made Bowser, especially with, with this script, you didn't really get to like get to the origins of why he's this way or why does he just want everything or why is he so damn big? Like, why is he the biggest? I mean, you could have even done that, that just by merit of him being the biggest creature, he just became the king. You know, nobody, he was just the biggest and strongest and toughest. And- I thought of that at the beginning of this movie too. I was like, is it just because he's the biggest one and like nobody's nearly as large as he is? <laughs> Yeah. And that could be, and that could have easily been a two minute explanation. 
but they were just kind of like, you know, Bowser is, you know, he's the bad guy. Let's go. And I get that. But, you know, these are things I think about in retrospect and going, how could this have been better? Or how could it have been, you know, a little bit more appeasing to more of that just regular movie watcher and stuff like that. And that would have been the easiest way to establish Bowser as the king. I mean, look at him. Like, who's going to tell him he's not the king? You know what I mean? Like, who's going to tell him? But but then, like, you have that magic Koopa that, that could disappear and reappear and do all of this stuff with that wand. He seemed pretty damn formidable. I mean, he can materialize things and stuff like that. Sometimes I wonder, how is Bowser bossing him around? But anyway, you know. <laughs> We'll never have the answers to any of that stuff. But I just wanted to say, yeah, I like the performances and stuff like that. And I thought at the end when they brought Luigi back and I didn't even think about the Sonic 2 comparison, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It was sort of the same way with them having to combine their powers and beat Bowser and everything like that. Um, this, uh, A scene in that though, that I really appreciated was when Mario was sort of beat up or whatever, and he was sort of hiding behind the, uh, um, in, in that store, kind of hiding behind that, that, um, desk like or whatever. Counter. Yeah. The counter. Yeah. Yes. That he was hiding behind and him thinking about everything and sort of, you know, thinking about this whole thing about being small, not giving up this, that, and the other. And, um, you know, what are you going to do? And, and I like I like that they had a moment there where he almost backed out, where he almost had enough. And he sort of willed himself back up to get back in the fight. I thought that that was actually a good moment for the character. You know, I thought that they did a good job of nailing that's the intangible quality about him is he is headstrong and no matter what the situation is, Mario's going to find a way. If he has to traverse galaxies, he will. If he has to fly on a cloud, he will. If he has to go underwater, he will. But he's going to get the job done. So I thought that they just, like, I could tell that this was done by people who are real fans of this. And to me, it was palpable. Like, I could tell it didn't just feel like references for the sake of references and these are just things for the sake of things it felt like people who were fans of this, like taking the original music and, but still putting little nuances on it, remixing it in a way, but still having the respect to have it in there because it's so synonymous with what Mario is. I felt the fandom in this, watching this. It didn't just feel like, oh, they're putting things in here because... This is what people like. We're just going to put these things in here. I mean, I've seen so many other video game movies where they don't try to put anything from the damn games. So it was nice to just watch something where it really felt like they tried to capture what it's like to play a game through this game, what it's like to be a player of this, what what these characters are and basically what it is that they embody. What, what do they represent? What are they about? And then still just kind of giving you a quick, fun, lighthearted adventure that, you know, just even the, the smallest kid can follow and um, understand. So 
I guess all in all, that's why ultimately I guess I sided with it and liked it was because I thought that a real effort was made to really just capture what Mario is. And I saw a lot of that watching the movie. Heather, what about you? Yeah, I mean, and kind of going back a little bit to the whole, like, Luigi not being a big part of this, (laughs) um, which... Yeah, like I've always kind of considered him to be sort of the side character of it. But I guess I thought for the sake of the movie that they were going to change that a little bit, right? That they were going to just make it like, no, it's the it's the Mario Brothers movie. So, you know, like kind of like having a story about these two brothers and, you know, something like that. But it, it's so it just is it's funny that it's still called the Super Mario Brothers movie. And I just feel like um Peach and Bowser got more screen time than Luigi did. And I almost feel like this was a movie about Peach, essentially. Like, I just feel like she had most of the more important heavy lifting moments of this movie overall, I would say, until the end. Like, I just think that I, I really liked the character of Peach. And it's probably because I feel like she was a little bit more like fleshed out as a character in the movie. Um, but honestly, kind of like what you guys were saying before, I just, I like that they, they made her like this, this badass, like princess takes care of it herself type of character. Like, I, I just really like how they did that for this. And she was just like, I'm going to handle it. I've I've got it. I'm going to handle it. Like she could have done it on her own. She didn't necessarily need anybody to go help her with it. And she took care of business. And I really appreciate that they gave that uh, to her as like what her story arc is or what her personality even is. Because, yeah, like there's it's so easy to go into the whole damsel in distress mode with it with with Peach in these, you know, in the games, at least. So, yeah, I, I really liked what they did with her character in that way. And so I think that's why for me. I don't know. She just stood out more than the other characters because I feel like she had more of a, um, more of an arc or more of a, uh, showing off her, who she was as a character more than the others did for the most part. And that could just be me, but that it just kind of, she just kind of outshined everybody in my opinion as a character. Um, but you know, I, I did like the moments between Mario and Luigi when they were, you know, working together, um, like at their company, but also, you know, at the end of the game when they're working together to defeat Bowser. Um, I thought those were really good moments, um, of it, but again, things that maybe could have been explored a little bit more because you get very limited time of the brothers together before they're kind of split off when they go into (laughs) this other world. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. And then I did, I agree too, Justin. I liked the character of Bowser for the most part. I do think that the songs he did were a little bit on the cheesy side <laughs> for me. Um, but it's Jack Black and everybody wants to hear Jack Black sing a song. So I'm fine with it for the most part. But I, the, the thing I liked about Bowser is when he was actually villainy and not like love struck Bowser he was a good villain. He was a really good villain. And also Jack Black just doing the voice of Bowser was so good. 
Like, I feel like he put in so much work to make that voice happen more than the others kind of had to really, you know, um, he was just a very menacing force to be reckoned with when he was speaking. Cause he just, you know, he had the, the husk and the loudness and the, you know, all of that with his voice. And I just really liked the voice work that he did, uh, for Bowser. Um, so yeah, that, that's why I liked him. I, I didn't care necessarily for his songs because it felt very much like they were like, Hey, Jack Black, just do a song that you would just write, you know, like it wasn't necessarily like we want this particular song in the movie for the purpose of Bowser. They were just like, Jack Black, do Jack Black things. (laughs) Kind of what that moment felt like for me. And I'm normally fine with that because Jack Black is great, but it just, it felt a little bit out of place in this movie, but it's, you know, it's a kid's movie. It's supposed to be funny. So I didn't hate it, but it wasn't the thing I liked about his character. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, other than that, I also agree with you, Sterling. I think that the animation was amazing. It was beautiful. I think it was a really beautiful movie. My favorite parts I do think were the obstacles that they did. Like when, um, you know, Peach is teaching him how to, what did you call it? The, the, whatever that course was that he did the jump, yeah, whatever course. The, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Obstacle course is good. Yeah. Like it was, yeah. It was just I forgot what you, called, you called it something yeah. earlier, but yeah. Um, but yeah, that obstacle course moment, I really liked that part too. And I agree that it was a very much like, this is a Mario game type of thing because that was 100% me when I would play Mario where I would have to try a million times and I'd be playing till nighttime and be like, I still can't get it. This is frustrating and all that stuff. Like, so I appreciated that little moment they put in there. I thought it was amusing because it speaks to a person who would play the game as much as it does to just like, you're watching the struggle of it on screen as well. But yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. And then the, I do think that the Donkey Kong stuff went on maybe longer than I would have liked, but you know, I liked the, the, again, the obstacle that they did the, you know, them kind of going against each other. And I, (laughs) the, um, the racing that they did, it probably, I think Sterling, you're right. It probably should have been saved maybe for a different movie. Uh, but I do feel like what they did with this movie is they put everything in this because they didn't know if they were going to get another one. They didn't know how this was going to do. Who knows? Like, I feel like that's what they like. It just maybe that's not what they were doing. But it feels like with everything that they put into this movie that they were like, this might be our only movie we get. Let's put everything in the one movie. That's just kind of what it felt like they did. Um but yeah, I don't know. But I did like the Rainbow Road thing. Like I thought that was a cool moment. And you know, especially based on that trailer, most people, like probably kids at least, they were expecting it and they were like ready for it. They were anticipating Rainbow Road. They had to be. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I saw the trailer and I was like, ooh, they're going to put that in this. That's awesome. You know, so I I didn't mind that part of it. But I do think that the Donkey Kong like portion of the movie probably went on longer than it needed to. So I don't know. I mean, I think that you guys made a lot of really great points about the other things with this movie. Um, 
but again, I, I can't really stress enough the fact that I did enjoy the music and how they use the Mario themes and the Mario music throughout the movie. Even the parts when it's like the really creepy moments or like when they're, um, you know, in the, where the pipes are and they, they're trying to figure out with the flashlight, what's on the other side, the creepy version of the, the Mario, like that song. That was cool. I love that that. part. I thought that was super cool. Slower and spooky. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually, it took me a minute to catch it. Cause I was like, this sounds familiar. And then I was like, Oh, I know what they're doing now. But yeah, it was, I just love how they did that. And then, um, in the moments when it was like a really like wants to rev you up to root for Mario, they do the the actual Mario song and I don't know. Um, it, it was just really well done. So that's, I, I don't know why, but I feel like the biggest takeaway for me in this movie is going to be the music and how they used it. Like, I don't know why, but it's just, if someone was to be like, Hey, have you seen the Mario brothers movie? Like, what'd you think? And I'd be like, I love the music in the movie. That would be my first thing that I probably said about this movie. So yeah, that's the only extra things I had to say. Like, I think every, everyone here kind of had like not surprisingly different spectrum of how well we liked it, but different ideas as to like what they liked and why is kind of cool. But yeah, that's unsurprisingly. Yeah, because we usually always agree on how we feel about a movie. That's true. <laughs> oh, yeah, we sure do. All the yeah, time. Yeah, we're, we're always in agreement at all times, usually, <laughs> except for Mario for some reason. I don't know why, but. Most controversial difference in opinions I think we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> the most therapeutic, I think, conversations we've ever had, surprisingly as well. But Yeah, that was yeah. that was out of nowhere, but. Man, that was it. I loved that. That was great. Yeah. yeah, we we need to have these like psychology of movie talks sometimes. I really enjoy it. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's my only additional stuff with it. Like you yeah, of course they're going to have more. And I'm and I'm kind of like I feel like if this if this one was only okay, I I just I don't know. I feel like they they put a lot of the big hitting things in this one. So where do they go from here with the other ones? I know there's a lot of Mario games and a lot of Mario world, but I I just feel like the big things that people are going to like really be drawn to, they did so much of that in this movie. So I'm just curious how they're going to do it with the other ones. Oh man, I can give you a few ideas, man. They, they, Wario wasn't in this. Um, Yoshi. Daisy. Yeah. Daisy isn't in this. Yoshi. Oh man. They got a wet Rosalina and Yuma from Mario Galaxy. My goodness, man. There are so yeah, maybe many you're right. characters. Character wise, yes. You, you I got, just thought got, like. This has been around 40 years. They didn't yeah. even scratch the surface. Like you could go to, you could do some Mario Party-ish type stuff. Uh, there are a bunch of different games they didn't even touch on. You know, they made references to some, but. uh we maybe we'll actually go to Luigi's Mansion, uh, Mario Sunshine, Delfino Island with all those Delfino people. Man, there's four. They got forty years of material. They didn't even well, I mean, scratch the surface. And and you could be right. Like and I mean, the Koopa wise, kids, yeah. the the Koopa children. So like character wise, yes, I think that 
you know, there's definitely more characters, but I guess just, and, and to be fair, it's been a long time since I've played Mario and I didn't play nearly as many of the Mario games as you guys obviously did, but I just feel like the things I remember from Mario were all things that they put in this first movie. So, but that's just me, you know, for people that are way more into the games, you're right. There probably is going to be more, but I think just personally too, for me, I'm like, oh, like I'm not going to know any of the other things in Mario from here on out probably. (laughs) So I don't know how that's going to go. Maybe it'll be fine because I have nothing to compare it to. You know what I mean? But yeah, I just, I'm just curious. Other than Yoshi, I will take that back. Yoshi, I think I would enjoy in the other movies, but um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm curious how the next movies are going to go because I feel like there's definitely going to be, like you said, Sterling, like so many sequels or additional movies to this. Um, But I just, it's one of those where, I don't necessarily see it being like every one of them gets better kind of thing. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I think Yoshi kind of proves also that Nintendo sometimes really sucks with names because Yoshi is a Yoshi. (laughs) Mario, Mario and Yoshi of the Yoshis. (laughs) Like, geez, come on guys. They just, they just, they latch on to the weirdest of things. Um, a couple of things I want to touch on before we're done with this episode, though. So, real quick. Back to the 1993 live-action Mario. There's actually a deleted scene, or it was a cut scene, or whatever the fuck they did. It's not in the movie. But it's supposed to be in the movie. I don't know if they filmed it or not. But it actually, I think, completely redeems the entire 1993 movie. And it being so... Not really Mario. And that is that the movie was originally supposed to end not with was it Daisy coming back and being like, guys, we need your I need your help again. It was actually supposed to be that like they'd seen the story on the news because, you know, there was the combining of the worlds and all that stuff. And they'd seen their story and some executives from Nintendo come to meet the Mario brothers to hear their story because they want to make a game off it. And because of a miscommunication or a mistranslation, however you want to word it, the Mario brothers game is what we get. So it's like the, the, the movie is the real life events and the game is like the fictionalized altered version of their story. Mm. And that's why it isn't a one-for-one comparison, kind of like this movie is with the actual Mario games. I think that that actually kind of saves the original Mario movie. If they had kept that in, I think it kind of... Yeah, that definitely adds to it. It at least gives an intentional reason why it's references to things and it's not completely the same. Um, But yeah, that's just a little bit of trivia about... The 1993 huh. Mario movie. Also, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo were drunk all the time. It was such a miserable <laughs> yeah. experience. They were just drunk all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That was, man. And that's what's crazy. Like, just, it's it's so crazy because, like, the, so much crazy stuff was happening on set when they were trying to film that and everything like that. But when I think about that movie... 
and I think about this one. Yeah, it's one thing to just say, oh, this one's better, et cetera, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. Yes, it is. But I think it's uh, what's more important is that it's also indicative of the methodology when doing this, that while I feel like the original Mario Brothers movie with um, Bob and John, I think it tried so hard to logic Mario, it just got so far away from the identity of what it was because they tried to bring logic to everything. You know, they're not jumping high because they could just jump and they just have these amazing abilities. They've got these mechanical boots that propel them up and that's how they're able to jump so high and stuff like that. I think what happened to that movie was trying to make Mario logical, so logical for the movie adaptation that it just totally got away from what Mario is. And, and also just the quality was bad because like Sterling said, everybody was drunk on set and shit. Um, So there was that aspect, but I think even what was flawed was just this idea that we've got to make everything so logical instead of just giving people the game. And I think that this really is an example of, even if the story isn't of the best quality, if you give people something that they are familiar with, something that they're familiar playing, something that feels like what they play that feels like the characters, that feels like, and you can even say that about these other video game movies. Even the Sonics are like that in that way. Did they make changes? Yes, but it feels like Sonic. When it really has to, it feels like Sonic and Tails and Knuckles. And I think this one, the reason why it's successful is because they're starting to realize that. I think that these video game movies are are starting to take kind of an upward trend in their success and stuff like that because now we're starting to understand even The Last of Us on HBO. I've heard raves about that. You know, I haven't seen any of that, but I heard people are loving it. It's actually good. So it feels like video game movies are kind of turning the corner where I think we're starting to get more of the fans and people who played these games and understand the people, the audience, understanding the audience, kind of like that TikToker was saying. They're starting to understand how to deliver something that feels more like what people are playing. And I think as long as you do that, your movie will probably enjoy more success than failure. Like this would did, you know, not the tightest script, not the best story, but it felt like the game. And that's why the audience liked it. That other one, the other Mario also didn't have a tight story, also didn't have the best script, but it didn't feel like the game. And that's kind of the difference between the two, I think. Well, I'm glad you brought up some of the things you, you just brought up because, uh, we did have a guy reach out to you, Justin, uh, for a question for us. Um, I believe his name was Tucker, if I'm remembering yes. correctly. And he was asking about like superhero fatigue 
And with the success of like Detective Pikachu and Sonic and Last of Us and now Mario, are we going to start seeing like more video game movies? Like, are we going to transition to that to replace essentially superheroes or not necessarily replace, but like that being the next big wave of things. And I kind of don't think that that's what's going to happen just for the sheer fact that they've tried to make more video game movies than they tried to make comic book movies. They tried making some superhero movies here and there, but they have tried so many times to do video game movies and video game TV shows. I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, as much as people now or whatever want to say shit about the resident evil franchise, it's a billion-dollar movie franchise. It was insanely successful. It might not have been critically successful or anything like that, but financially it was. Those movies were not very expensive. You know, it made a ton of money for them. So I don't, I don't think there's going to be a shift because I don't think they've ever stopped. I think they're just now maybe getting into the swing of maybe making good ones or maybe making watchable ones. But I mean, they had been, you know, Mortal Kombat, they had done two movies, a TV show, an animated TV show, toys and all this other stuff back in the nineties. They had already done that. They had made a franchise outside of the game with Mortal Kombat already. How many, they, they'd done it with Street Fighter. There's a Street Fighter movie. They had done Street Fighter cartoons. They had done Street Fighter mangas. They had done Street Fighter comics. They've been doing this. This isn't a new thing for video game movies. It's just kind of the first time that they've truly been critically well-received. I know Mario is kind of on the lower end of that, but the Sonic movies were did okay critically. Uh, Detective Pikachu did okay critically. It's just now, for the first time, they've gotten a positive reputation. But it's been a thing. For at least 30 years, they've been making video game movies. They had done some stuff with comics, but... I think that they've always been trying to do video game stuff. It's just now they're kind of getting better at it. And I think that that's the, I mean, fuck, there's a Halo TV series. There's a League yep, of Legends TV series. Up. There's Castlevania. Um, they've been, I mean, Pokemon, the fucking uh, anime show. Been on for how many years? They've been doing this. This isn't a new thing. Uh, and that's why I don't think it's going to be a new trend. I think it's just going to be more of the same. Maybe we'll get better quality. But I also think that that leads into movie making and TV making technology. You know, one thing you'll I could say about the 1993 Mario Brothers, they kind of did what they could with it just for the sheer fact that in 1993, how are they really going to have a man jump on turtles? Right. You know, in live action. Now they can. You CGI the fuck out of everything. 
They could do that all day now. 1993, they couldn't. I think now one of the things that might lead to things being more successful is even outside of CGI, companies are realizing, well, fuck, let's just do a cartoon then. Like Castlevania, like Pokemon, like uh, League of Legends. Just do it animated. If it's good, your audience will come find it. I think that that's one of the big differences is they're realizing that they don't have to do even CGI or live action. They can just do, I mean, fuck, this movie's animated. That's probably the best way to do Mario. Trying to do another live action Mario is probably going to be met with the same controversial, you know, yeah, and negative things. This one's successful. Why? Because it's animated. It makes the most sense for Mario. Half your shit is fucking slightly humanoid animals that aren't humanoid and weirdly shaped human beings. Animate it. Makes the most sense. And I think that's smart the smartest decision. I mean I mean, I, I you know, maybe a Metroid movie could be live action. Um, oh man, I hope so. I that, think that, uh, that one you could do. Yeah. Zelda could could probably be. Could. That's hit or miss. I think you I think you, you I think that there's an argument either way. Yeah. Going in animated or live action. I think Zelda could go either way. But Donkey Kong animated. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I think Earthbound if they say what they were going to do in Earthbound, I think Earthbound would be better animated than live action, even though it's human kids. They're very weird looking kids. Yeah, you would do that live action, or I mean, I think you would do that'd be best be served animated. You know, I think I think that this might you know give them some options, but I think when especially when it comes to Nintendo properties. I think animated is the better way more often than not. God of War? All right, yeah, maybe do that live action. But I guess I don't think this is going to be a new trend. I think it's just going to be a continuation of what we've got. I still think we're, you know, because of how successful this is, I think we're going to get at least another five very shitty video game movies coming over the next few years. Oh, they're going to snatch up every video game property that's not a fucking movie yet. And we're going to get some fucking shitty ass video game movies over the next few years. I just have a feeling that that's what we're going to get because of this. We're going to get some random fucking things. I don't know what's some random video game that's good, but. uh what was that one where Norman Reedus ran around as a fucking postman in the apocalypse? We're going to get that. <laughs> That's just what I think about where we might be going with video game movies. You guys have any more thoughts? Want to expand upon that? It was a good question though. I, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I was just going to say to, to try to answer his question. Um, I would say that 
I don't know if it's going to become a a full out because the comparison was Marvel. And are we going to get some sort of like just multi-released universal type of thing where like all of these video game movies are coming out and they sort of just become the top movies and the it movies kind of like how Marvel was for a, a long time. And, and and I don't know, you, you could, I mean, some people might argue Marvel's still there. I don't know, like cumulatively what movies are making more money than, you know, it was like, well, it was like uh, Mario did already pass Ant-Man three already. Okay. So it already did. Yeah. And it was like a big thing when Top Gun kind of emerged as having the biggest domestic draw over the Marvel films. I think this one surpassed anything for 2023 so far. Yeah. Anything released in 2023. Right. This has made more money. Technically, Mm -hmm. Avatar 2 has made more money in 2023, but was just released Mm. in 2022. I see. Okay. Okay. So, but even then, that's a first. Like, like that, I, I have, I can't remember the last video game movie that was just like, uh, like a super like success like that or like leading everything kind of like that. That feels in some way, it does feel like maybe something is happening. Like just, and you're seeing more video game stuff. It feels like there's more video game cinematic stuff out right now than it used to be. Like, I know that it would come out here and there sporadically and stuff like that. But man, it feels like everywhere you look, there's some media that has some video game adaptation, something you know, The Witcher and stuff, that that was out on Netflix. You know, you mentioned the the Castlevania and then like, and then like with the success of this Mario movie, which was a big risk that Nintendo was taking to try to do this because, you know, they just had lost faith that it can't work in that format. Well, this movie has kind of proved that it can. And I know how Hollywood is. I think at the end of the day, you just got to, uh, before I bet on anything, I'm going to bet on Hollywood. And Hollywood loves to latch on to things if they think they're trending, if they think they're in, and they will milk it for all it's worth. Um, that's uh, true. You know, that that's what Hollywood does. They look for the next trend and they will grind it into the dirt. So is there a world in the future where video games could become the trend that Hollywood latches on. Of course it is because Hollywood will latch Hollywood is shameless. Hollywood will latch onto any trend and try to milk it for all it's worth. So yes, of course it could happen. And if you keep having successes like you have with the Sonic movies, like you have with this Mario movie, last of us stuff like that, I think if you keep having success, you will start to see more video game IPs and more characters and and them tackling more of these things. And and I get kind of what you're saying, Sterling. It 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 th- th- those things have always kind of there's always kind of been these attempts 
to do these video game adaptations, but it feels like now more than ever, they're, they're more successful. Like it feels like they matter a little bit more. It feels like they're a little more meaningful right now that I'm definitely feeling. And it does feel like maybe something is happening, but I think right now it's too early to really tell. But I do know that the quality of these things is getting better. They're starting, it feels like they're starting to understand what the audience is. And I think as long as you get different presentations, that's where things can be, can actually be good. A lot like I would want to see these movies. Like for instance, The Last of Us. Now, clearly that is not going to have the same presentation as Mario. I think this movie was the right presentation for this character, this universe, and what it is to play these video games. This was the right approach for this. But could you do this kind of approach with like The Legend of Zelda? No. If you do something like Zelda, it would have to be more thought out than this. It would have to be more world building and more story driven and stuff like that because that's the way those games are. You know, um, so the the approach couldn't be the same as this. Metroid would have to feel more like something like Alien or Aliens or something like that. You know, the, it would have to have that kind of feel, a sci-fi horror type of feel is what Metroid would have to have. But my God, man, I I would love to see a sci-fi horror Metroid movie. I think that would be wonderful, you know? So I hope that it does happen. You know, if it does become the trend, yeah, I agree that we will get some shitty movies out of that. But man, the potential to get some gems, man, I think is definitely there. The the, the potential is definitely there because like Metroid has a great story that I think could translate well to a movie. I think you could do it. There are so many other video games, Horizon Zero Dawn. I mean, there are a lot of like great story driven video games that I think could translate and, and also be critically acclaimed and also set up to have all these different sequels and, and, and these engaging stories and stuff like that. You know, video games have very much evolved from what they were then. And I think the audience is different from what it was then. One thing that has definitely changed is that I think back then when people looked at video game movies and stuff like that, it was just kind of a foregone conclusion. Okay. This is just for kids or this is just some throwaway stupid movie. And and this is just, you know, this is just a nothing movie. It's just supposed to be silly or whatever, but Stuff like The Last of Us shows you can have a more serious kind of story-driven tone. You know, stuff like The Witcher, which y'all have talked about and stuff like that. And from what I understand, that's not just some silly magic stuff. You know, that's like they got real characters in that and there's development and shit, real shit happening. The Witcher's tough because... The Witcher is also a book series. Okay. And oh, my so understanding, because I haven't read the books either. I haven't played the games either. 
my understanding is this is actually more based on the books than the game. But from what my understanding, though, also The Witcher 3 is also like a very faithful adaptation of the books. So it's kind of hand in hand a little bit. I think okay. that they I think they went forward with this TV series because of the popularity of the games, even if they are basing it more off the books than they are the games. I think the game's popularity did have a big role to play. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that just maybe the audience is changing. I don't know if the fatigue, if the comic book fatigue, I, I definitely think that's a real thing. Um, and will that allow, has that allowed for some of these video game movies to creep in and be successful and feel a little more nuanced and feel like something people are going to be more interesting in? I mean, it makes a lot of sense, though. Like, I mean, what else would you latch on to? Because video games are so popular. There are so many systems out right now. I mean, everybody has video games. There are games on your phone. There are people have them in their homes. People have them for their families. They reach all ages of people. Wouldn't it be kind of stupid not to try to do this? Not to try to have these movies come out and appeal to all these different audiences, all that stuff. They already have your audiences and age groups and stuff like that. All you got to do is come out with the right movie and present it the right way to whatever audience that game mostly appeals to. And I think you're going to be successful if you present it the right way. Mario, you present it like this simple, kid shit, a bunch of silly, crazy, colorful ideas coming at you at one time, it's going to be successful. Zelda, you world build it, make it an adventure, make it something a little grittier and a little more real and stuff like that. Medieval times, that audience will show up for that. Metroid, you make it a sci-fi, you know, people will show up for that. Kind of like they did that Halo series and stuff like that. You know, as long as you present it, the right way and you understand who your audience is that's going to consume that I could see Hollywood latching on and going maybe this is the next big Marvel thing you know and maybe it's happening before our eyes we just don't realize it yet but I need to see more stuff I need to see more stuff come out and kind of make a dent in the box office like Mario did. I think it's going to have to be more than just Mario and Sonic because those are kind of the big two that did it. Like, I think if you can continue to have successes like that, though, I could totally see Hollywood. I wouldn't put it past Hollywood to latch on and say, this has got to be the next big thing, this right here. Um, And part of me kind of hopes it does happen because... There are a lot of video games that I think would make great movie adaptations. If done right. I don't want a bunch of shitty movies like what Sterling alluded to. Well, the thing is, though, is I think video games have kind of been immune to the Hollywood cyclical trend of things just because they've been trying to. They've been trying to make video game movies a trend for so long. that Yeah. It's never stopped. You know what I mean? That's the thing mm-hmm. is like, that's why I think it's immune to it because they're always going to try to, it doesn't matter if it happens now or whatever, or like 10 years down the road, 
before they become a completely viable, like they're consistently making money like superhero movies were, they're going to try every year between now and then anyway. They'll find a video game property to make. That's what they're going to do because they've been trying it. It just hasn't really happened outside of Resident Evil until recently. Mm-hmm. You know, Detective Pikachu is what kind of broke that cycle. But the Resident Evil movies, like I said, financially were very successful. So they've been trying and they have kind of done it. It's just in general, people go and look back at the Resident Evil movies and go, no, they're bad. Yeah, people were watching them, though. People were watching the fuck out of them every time they came out. So I don't know what they really wanted Hollywood to do at that point. If people keep going and seeing shitty movies, they're going to make another one. Oh, yeah. If critics put more out, critics paint a movie, but it makes 300 million on a 75 million dollar budget. And it's a franchise idea anyway, because they were already a franchise game. They're going to make a second one. And it doesn't matter how many critics say they're shitty because the next one makes 400 million on a hundred million dollar budget. They'll make another. Just also ask the Transformers movies. You know, weirdly enough, the most successful video game movie of all time is the Warcraft movie. People hated it. Yep. What? Four hundred like ninety million dollars It's the only movie I think Mm. that's beating Mario still at this point. And I want to say like two hundred and seventy five of that was all China. China loved the Warcraft movie. Maybe they just got a better cut than everybody else. Yeah, they really ate that up in China. And I guess what he's saying, too, is that like, but do you see Hollywood going all in? Well, I don't know. All in is a hard thing to say. I mean, but do you see it becoming anything like what Marvel did, where you just got people lined up, invested and like, oh, I'm going to see. But but see, that's the thing. It's so hard to make a comparison because all of that falls under the Marvel umbrella. Like, you know, like we've got these characters, we've got these things. This is what we're presenting is all these Marvel movies, video games. There's so many different companies. There's so many different that's the IPs. Problem. There's so many different. I how the, it'll never be presented the same way Marvel is to make a comparison. It the feels only like only one that has a chance of doing it is technically Nintendo. Yeah, because yeah, you can culminate in a Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. You can culminate That'd be the only in that. one. Yeah. Outside of that, you can't like, you know, you can't mix what Konami, I think, owns both like Metal Gear and Castlevania. You can't mix those two. Yeah, you can't. You know, like you can't. A lot of the other companies don't have a lot of shit you can mix. I mean, Sega, maybe you could throw in, I guess, like Battletoads and Toe Jam and Earl into a Sonic movie, I suppose. It wouldn't be the most cohesive thing, but maybe. Nintendo's the only one that's really got a shot because they can culminate in a Mario Kart movie or a Smash Brothers movie. Because, I mean, theoretically, you could still get away with Samus being a Mario Kart in a weird way, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right because they're the only ones with the IPs, like you said, that are comparable to comic, to what Marvel has. Star Fox, Donkey Kong, um, you know, Metroid. Like F-Zero, 
they're the only people that have all of those different IPs, all of these iconic characters, all of these kinds of places, Zelda, that they can pull from and do stuff. They're the only ones, man. Everybody else, they're kind of low in that way. Like Sony, what? God of War, Crash Bandicoot, and yeah. then... How how can they really mix that shit? Like, yeah, like, and then it's kind of, it gets a little murky after that. Yeah, they have some good people and some good games and stuff, but it's not like what Nintendo has. They got those characters that everybody just knows and remembers. They're kind of iconic. They've got their own stories. They're the only company that could do this to me feasibly. Anything comparable to Marvel, it would have to be them. And will they give it a shot after what Mario did? Maybe, but Nintendo can be weird like that, man. They, uh, I don't know. that the, They just see everything so differently. I think it depends I, I on whether know. or not they do a sequel. So if they do like a Mario 2, that's what's going to make or break it. If Mario yeah. 2 does very well again, then they'll, then I think they'll expand. They'll, I'll no, think they'll they do got Star something. Fox, they'll do Zelda, they'll do Metroid, they'll do a Donkey Kong solo film, they'll do all that shit if Mario 2 does well. Yeah. And I, I almost think it's a it's a matter of time right now for Mario 2. Yeah. This movie made too much money for them to go, we're done. Yeah. We oh, tried. That's it. Yay, we did it. We redeemed the first attempt, so let's just stop. Yeah, you're right. They're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. Yeah. They have to. If they make Mario 2 and it does like a fifth of what this one did, okay, maybe they won't. But if it even gets close to this, that's what will make a universe. Yeah, but they're the only ones that 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 really have a shot. Everything else is just going to feel like it's all clumped together, which is what you're talking about. Nothing feels like a cohesive universal thing. It just feels like them trying over and over again with different shit. So I totally get where you're coming from with that. I I, I do agree with that. Nothing feels like anything Marvel is doing and nothing will feel like that unless Nintendo does it. Yeah, I agree. Guys got any more thoughts? Nope. Nope. On that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Cinema Slayers podcast on Facebook, Cinema underscore Slayers on Twitter and Instagram. Cinema Slayers pod on TikTok, at Cinema Slayers pod on YouTube. Uh, give us a five-star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. It'd really help us out. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends' family, tell your family's friends. And most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers because dear sweet mothers love. I'm going to say the Mario Brothers plumbing services. They do unclog those pipes. Mm. (laughs) Just remember here at the Cinema Slayers podcast, we are both pro slut and pro Sydney. And as one final reminder, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is best picture winner. Final reminder, like that's the last time you're going to tell us? It's the final reminder of the episode because I remind people of <laughs> I so see. many things. Somebody else.
I'm reminding them to, to like the podcast. I'm reminding them to tell family and friends and mothers. I'm reminding them of Pro Slut Pro Sydney. I also forgot to remind them. A shout out to Plug Mido, uh, Plug Migo and Mudo Cho for our theme song and logos, respectively. All those reminders, the things I constantly remind people of. Got the it. final nice. reminder of the episode. Nice tie Got in. it. <laughs> nice tie in. We doubled the runtime of this movie. We did. Yeah, we did. What happened? It was that philosophical. It was. Like psychological yeah. discussion we had. Yes. That's what broke it. Anyway, I'm out. <laughs>